What's going on? December 29th, 7.12 a.m. Dope. I don't care what anyone says. Lamar is fucking versus God, you know. Come on here Thursday morning to at least get some of the fucking thoughts out of my head for a new part. Hasn't been twenty four hours. Uh, what I'm uh, that that you know it's only been a couple hours since. Uh, not 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 a couple. I well I mean, I finished um all that stuff before dynamite for the last podcast, right? And then I waited until after dynamite to publish it. So. 
for most people, you know, you got it at like what, like ten thirty p.m. It came out, so it's it's only like you know, see, nine hours. You know what I mean? But I but it's been like at least over twelve hours since I've actually done it. Not that it really fucking matters. Because, you know, you're probably going to get this on Friday, Friday afternoon or something like that. Hopefully, I, I can, hopefully this will be out before Friday morning at least. You know what I mean? Hopefully by me getting some shit done, wasting more fucking time, kind of going, you know, I just need to get shit off my fucking chest because it's always going to be, what, what ends up happening is that I wait, I, I accumulate stuff. I wait until that happens. And then I do the recap. I write the recaps down. By the time I get to it, I normally um, feel fucking. I feel fucking exhausted from it, and I'm speeding through shit. I'm trying to memorize each and every fucking uh, point that I try to fucking make. Like I- I'm gonna be talking about like you know more shit about the discourse that's going on with like Dax, uh, hardwood, ha- hardwood. And the CM Punk shit. But, like, I could have incorporated that into the actual recaps. But I know that I, uh, you know, I don't know how my mind works. My mind works in the, in in the, uh, in the direction of, um, I haven't slept. I hope it's not going to be one of those things where, you know, I'm, I'm going to fall asleep and I'm not going to remember everything that I'm fucking saying. Because that's what only happens when I do this off no fucking sleep. But I don't feel as fucking tired right now. So maybe I can get some shit off my chest. But when I go in the direction of writing down some of the discourse shit that's going on. And I incorporate it into the fucking recaps. I normally then don't fucking read the recap fucking properly. Or match the quality. So I might as well do that kind of discourse um, off the top of my head from what I can remember that I jotted down at least, you know what I mean, I try to do some detailed notes on that on some fucking level, I mean, I, who knows though, you know, like, you know, what I mean? but, but a lot of times now it's like my mental illness is like, especially during this time of the month, you know, especially with the accumulation of what's fucking going on even more, it gets, uh, you know, really... You know, disheartening, because I'm I'm not able to sometimes have to control my irrational fucking feelings. You don't want to feel the way that you do, but then when every day there's I feel there's more fucking secrecy going on, and there's stuff that I'm not privy to or where the world is fucking going, and my best shot to dissect it is probably being in my fucking dream world, where maybe there is some alternative reality that's going on. You can't prove that. You can't fucking talk about science being way more advanced than it really is. So I have to support science within the limitations. And when you do that within limitations, it opens the floodgates for a lot of the fucking quote-unquote, you know... No, a, a lot of the quote-unquote skeptical fucking people. I was about to say quote-unquote right-wing people, but those people are actually right-wing. But it op- it's an open season for the right-wing to then, you know be able to, uh, to then fucking, you know, present other fucking science and stuff, you know, and then use the fucking ploy of somebody being censored, but we're finding out that they're being censored and there's nonstop discourse about it. 
so they can rebrand into somebody that is, oh, look, this person's a danger to the system, even though people who are propped up by the system, because they're doing it on their alternative YouTube channel and all that kind of shit, that totally must mean that they're the ones that are telling us 100% of the fucking truth. It gets tiresome. And the discourse doesn't move past that. It's constantly propping up new villains, then getting shocked at what they're involved with when people who already are propping up even hating the villains. You can tell when people hate villains that they, you know, uh, prop them up to, like, they do it. They prop them up for the fact to know them, but then they're doing it for their own brand. Like, oh, look at me. I'm I'm a naughty person. I'm uh, I'm I'm condemning Tommy Lauren. I'm condemning all these edge lords and all that kind of shit. And I'm not saying you shouldn't fucking do it. All I'm saying is that when it comes with the limitations, then it just seems like nothing's getting done other than, oh my god, look at me. I'm I'm going. I'm I'm hissing at the, at the at the um the villain to George. Uh, how do you say it? Du jour, sorry. See, this is what happens when you try to sound smart. See, again, I must I must be falling asleep or I'm close to, like, almost falling asleep. It depends how many yawns I fucking let out. If I let out a lot of yawns, that must mean I'm going to sleep. But already, I, you know, you wouldn't notice it because I can never pronounce the words fucking properly anyways. But now it feels like I'm... Closing my eyes right now, trying to memorize each fucking talking point, hoping that I don't lose the fucking focal point of what I'm trying to fucking say. And then trying to think of fucking stuff to then put out there in this fucking diatribe so I can counter any fucking critique, whether it's happening in a fucking group chat. You know what I mean? Because already I'm sure they already rolled their eyes a bunch of fucking times whenever I do that type of shit. I I don't mind having my mental illness on display. I I know it's a dangerous dangerous time to have your mental illness on display because a lot of bad people are giving other bad people incentive to then weaponize my mental illness and do subtle fucking torment, but the more that I'm fucking putting myself out there, the more it's showing that when push comes to shove, other mentally ill people in the system who don't want to fucking get the help that they fucking need, they will then use their fucking resources to then just destroy somebody's fucking life. And I'm an easy fucking target because who is going to listen to what I have to fucking say, you know what I mean? Who's going to listen to a guy that talks about Illuminati clones? Uh, You know, who's going to listen to that fucking person? They'll let me right in with the fucking right-wing fucking people. Even though I'm not, I'm not a fucking right-winger, but you would think that some of the quote-unquote progressives who don't want to alienate people, who will show more mercy to Trump supporters um, by saying, oh, here's the reason with them. But then if someone's like a conspiratorial fucking person, um, they get lumped in with the fucking right-wing. And yet they're supposed to be the representatives on the, you know, in the independent media. And then the people that do embrace conspiracy are the people that also get highly platformed to basically um, get the script of what's going to be quote-unquote exposed, and then they can act like they're the ones that have been telling the truth the whole fucking time. Like when I see, you know, Max Blumenthal and Jimmy Dortok, I, 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 I want to call him Max Blue, 
You know what I mean? But then, but then, but then I'll be part of the fucking problem by giving him more of a fucking personality than he really fucking has. Really, you know what I mean? He's such a charisma fucking vacuum. Like if Bill Bill Burr was fucking stripped of all his charisma and his comedic ability, that I mean that would be you know Max Blumenthal. He he looks like he looks like if he, he looks like if Ian Ziering auditioned to play the role of uh, Brandon Walsh basically. That's what he kind of looks like. I know these aren't the best fucking type of jokes, but I mean, I could just do what Jimmy Dore does, and I could just get a celebrity impersonator basically to the call and say outrageous fucking things. But the fact that, like, they're acting like, oh, um, we point at this Hunter Biden story. Why does everyone have to use their radio won't play my jam syndrome and act like because they keep saying something that automatically makes it true? Even if, like, the fucking scripted nature of stuff being put on social media is designed to make their side look like they're the ones telling you you 100% the truth. Even though anyone could have fucking... I mean, I know a lot of fucking people will will tell you the system is corrupt, but then they'll fucking put, like... You know, they'll put fucking, you know, um... They'll put... They'll do it with, like... Presenting it... like, Like, they'll still whitewash the system, even though they're constantly telling you how they don't care about you or they're corrupt. Because now when you fucking act like any of these theories... Or that Twitter is a private company. I knew that argument was going to bite them in the fucking ass. And I don't think they really fucking give a shit. Because a lot of them want to fucking move over to the right wing side. They're just waiting for the right topic and right narrative to meet at a mutual fucking meeting spot. If you don't notice that TYT, they keep doing the whole like, well I'm a fair progressive I gotta admit that, you know, the Republican in this case is right. Like, they could be analyzing it ten different fucking ways that could tell you that even if the fucking right wing make a good fucking point, you guys will still fall for the fucking sports entertainment of it all because everyone who's socially climbing is becoming more of a caricature. They're becoming cookie-cutter fucking sports entertainers that just want to fucking have a propped-up, wacky opinion rather than actually having some in-depth fucking thought and opening up the floodgates to what could be going on behind the scenes because if anything behind the scenes is fucking proven true and the right-wingers are the ones that have been parroting the fucking conspiracies, it's going to make... You're going to be more discrediting to the fucking left than you guys realize. I'm not saying believe every fucking conspiracy... You know what I mean? But if you, but like my personal opinion, if I believe that conspiracies have been planted by the fucking people at the very top to do it online, you can only insult people online by and 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 the fact of the matter is, no one online wants to say someone online is fucking compromised. I mean, the more obvious ones, right? But like they they, they wouldn't want the whole thing to blow up on their face because then they would expose. They're also being paid to fucking engage in culture wars, even if they might be on the fucking good side here and there, maybe.
Yeah, I don't know, you know. But it's like all these people advertise they're better than the mainstream media. It's like, in 2022, it's not really, like, there's not really a revolutionary fucking argument. It's been, it's been, it's been set in stone the last 10, 15 years. But it's like, now you want to match the fucking, you want to correlate the aesthetic from the past with the present, even though the fucking past arguments are all fucking inflated because the game is 10 times more advanced. Like, how can you have a fucking conversation People will feel the same way about me because everyone wants to be fucking right on some level. Like, you know, like, like, like it, it has to be like a sense of iron, like, for example, to like, you know, like, for example, with the David Rubin story. And now, and now it feels like, oh, look, we're going to do constant stories about Tulsi Gabbard. Um, and I'll give, you know, Anna Kasperian fucking props for, um, for not, for, like, for not being one of those liberals that was going to give the bare minimum, um, like, lower the bar by being glad that Tulsi Gabbard was condemning, you know, uh, that George Santos guy. You know what I mean? And that's supposed to be irony because she's also a fucking liar. Tulsi Gabbard. And then Anna will call her out um, for being a liar, but then there's stuff that Anna is normalizing that makes her seem like she's more of a fucking right-winger as well. And, and, and by the way, what's it called? Uh, if you don't... Uh, <clears throat> if, if, if no outlet out there... Because, again, they don't want to get conspiratorial... If they don't want to disclose that there's delegations behind the scenes from different communities and all that kind of stuff, like if, if you don't want to admit that, okay, cool. But TYT or other progressives who are supposedly progressives, once there's like a couple of examples, like you know how the right wing are fear mongering about, like, oh, look, the, the LGBTU is kind of like a cult. If they find, a, let's say, known figures, or people that are involved with like some type of indoctrination in turning people out. The, the, they'll never focus on the uh, like the conservatives that are fucking closeted, that you know do the, that initiate them. And then some of these public figures who get initiated in that way, then don't want to admit or can't admit that they've been initiated, and they and they're suffering from you know trauma, but then they double down and fucking then uh, you know use their quote-unquote straight guy fucking character to then fucking cater to homophobes. Like, catering to, cater to homophobes and misogynists is bad enough already. But, like, a lot of these guys that do it are also fucking closet and they're self-hating. But, like, if you find out that there are some fucking people um, from, from different delegations, like, even if they, if they have a good fucking message for the general community... Since it's a system and the system is fucking corrupt, that you find out that some of these people who represent for delegation might be fucking corrupt. So then fucking people will then use it as carte blanche to generalize the entire fucking community. But like by 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 completely uh, you know denying it, you're allowing the right wing to then run with the fucking narrative, and nobody fucking seems to 
really want to fucking, you know, change people's minds. So, what is there left to fucking say? Like, a, a lot of people knew what Tulsi Gabbard's tra- trajectory was supposed to be. You knew what kind of fucking Hindu nationalism um, a cult that she was a part of. And yet, and yet, and no one wanted to fucking, you know, address it on, like, I'm not saying independent people, independent media people didn't do it, but, like, how come that, like, if, if, if somebody had that kind, if Hillary Clinton or anyone a part of the fucking squad had that kind of fucking, you know, uh, backstory, would Jimmy, like, Jimmy Dore and guys like him would not fucking, would not fucking, uh, let that fucking go, they would fuck, he would go fucking nuts. For some reason, with Tulsi Gabbard, he's not outraged at all. He did a soft fucking, um, you know, uh, you know, a, a soft fucking uh, pullback of saying, "Oh, it's too bad Tulsi Gabbard went the other way." Oh, it's it's hard. It's hard with this fucking like. But the thing is, he doesn't have as much venom for that because again, if he was really fucking hurt by that, wouldn't you be mad that she has she um, has lied? Unless what's it called by she being a double agent. Are some people who are from the left invading the actual right wing? If I can believe the right wing is invading the left, can, you know, the left fucking invade the fucking right wing? I could buy that, maybe. Thing is, you don't know who's living by duality. Not not like I'm excusing what they're fucking doing, but, you know, it's also... I mean, if if you acknowledge that they live by duality, and there's rules that... The reason why I don't think people want to admit that then they would admit that our world is not as fucking free will as they say it is. Who knows what's out there? Uh, I don't know. Like, I, 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 like, I can't, you know, I, I, I can't, uh, like, it just feel like every single thing is a fucking parody. From the people that are propping up fucking Andrew Tate. Because you need to fucking, you know, have a fucking online villain. That you're... you're, And the thing is, by people fucking promoting this guy, it's like, I only heard about this guy when supposed fucking progressive were the ones that were mentioning him. It's like, you guys help create... Even though you you say you condemn, you'll help, help perpetuate and create this person to be a part of the fucking discourse. Who's clearly fucking dangerous. And yet, what's it called? Like, you'll act like... Like, knowing that you're like you're propping them up... When you know what you're fucking doing. But then, I guess because you took a stance against Kanye West and Kyrie Irving... That means you're 100% fucking credible. So that's why I fucking question if some of these fucking... Uh, people who claim to be left or... You know, progressive and all that. Are they even fucking on the actual good side... You don't fucking know because, like, everyone throws their... At some point, everyone throws their morals in the garbage for a better fucking pay, for a better fucking, you know, a better fucking access and all that type of shit. And then I sit here like a schlub, and people who already have better than me are hate listening to me and rolling their fucking eyes, making their side fucking comments. And what pisses them off even more is that... I know what they're trying to fucking say because I would never expect anything less from anyone uh, who fucking does that shit they fucking do. Go ahead. Uh, sooner or later, you gotta be alone with your fucking thoughts. I don't think a lot of you can fucking handle being alone with your fucking thoughts. 
It's not. It's, it's, it's not easy. Trust me. It, it's it's taken over fucking twelve years of fucking practice, to be able to do it. Yeah, and 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 do I fall down and go into a a rational fucking tailspin? Sure, I fucking do. I can flat out fucking admit it. Am I the smartest fucking guy? No, I do. No, I'm not. I I know people people don't like the fact that I actually um try to be more of a critical fucking thinker as much as I fucking can because they used to people used to fucking you know piss on me because I was dumbed down. And then now that I'm not dumbed down as much as I used to be, that becomes a fucking problem. But, you know, the, the, whole, the problem is my whole fucking life, people have, been give, have given permission for other fucking people to fucking, you know, do condescending, and tr- condescending shit and treat me like shit. And if I had a problem, they would shut it down. And, and that's why I can't have certain people in my fucking life. No one knows how to fucking communicate. I don't really want to communicate with people who have made my fucking life miserable and have taken pleasure in it. Like, you know, oh, look, the hypocrisy, and oh, look, Ted Cruz is giving, uh, you know, Joe Biden shit for vacationing somewhere, and this guy went to Cancun, you know what I mean? Like, like I, I know you guys want to hate these politicians, and I'm not saying you shouldn't, but I'm saying that, what, like, what, what's it going to, like, what is it accomplished when this has been going on for, like, the last 20 years, where we're constantly pointing out each other's hypocrisy, and irony. Like, at what point do people then clue in that they're doing this on purpose, even if it costs taxpayer fucking money and all that kind of shit? Like, that's even more reason why to get even fucking more mad. And it, it always comes from people that want to socially climb up to the system anyways. So, like, I, I don't buy into the accounts online that try to ca- call out the powers that be because... It always turns out that they want to be part of the powers that be. And that's why I've been afraid because I don't want to be that person. But, like, the thing is, like, it's like without, like, much options and all that kind of shit, it's like you're forced to kind of uh, go in that direction. If you don't, you're called a fucking pussy and all that. Because you're not, you're not supposed to try to stay pure as fucking possible, apparently. Like, uh, every once in a while, Whoopi Goldberg will say something that, like, you know what I mean? It it, it seems like the way that they book her discourse is her always saying something about Jewish people. And then, of course, it has to be pointed out that she's using a Jewish name, even though she's not Jewish. And then the people who are condemning her, who talk about, like, you know, uh, how it's wrong to say... Jews run everything and all that kind of stuff. Then, like, on I think they do it on purpose, by the way, some of these system people. 
They'll then go, if it wasn't for Jewish people in good positions, Whoopi Goldberg would not have it. So it's like, you're trying to condemn it, but at the same time, you're uh, showing people that, like, you know, that, like, uh, like are looking at this, like, in an unbiased way, going, but is she she's not just admitting that there is power, if, you know, like, it, it doesn't matter what, like, what race you're in. It's like, you know, the delegations behind the scenes are the ones that help fucking organize uh, different fucking directions of where the narrative is going to go for their own for their own community and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. But that seems to be her fucking storyline. And then I, I don't even know what's happening with the fucking... Uh, Southwest fucking flights, but apparently, like, it affected wrestling because some people were on, like, you know, on, uh, using that company, but, like, you know, people are still stranded in the airports during Christmas time, and it feels like, it feels like, it feels like people are now auditioning for roles in these reality show roles, like, if you're being paid with social currency, but, like, you know, with crypto and all that kind of stuff, and you can unlock different fucking rewards and all that kind of stuff, and it fucking helps feed people. You know what I mean? There's a million of ways to fucking fund people. But it feels like, you know, this controversy exists because it's supposed to be another transparent way that this airline has been fucking doing shady shit, and you highlight how much they make in, in uh, the PPP, PPP loans and all that kind of shit. You know what I mean? Like, so they always... I, I, again, I don't know the fucking specifics, but it seems like for the last 10 years, you know how, like, um, airplane food would be the material for comedians? It feels like for the last, like, 10 years on social media, like, all public figures have always kind of had, like, their fucking due diligence, like, like, part of the storyline is to go off on, you know, airline type of shit, whether it's valid fucking point or not. But I've noticed that has popped up over the last several fucking years, um, you know. I, I, again, I have no fucking clue, but, you know, that was a fucking story, apparently, you know, just like the, oh, 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 you know, like, here's how I know that we're fucking having, you know, reality show stuff played on social media now, and everyone's become the fucking, you know, everyone's become the fucking sports entertainer character, like, there was a fight, you know what I mean, in the way that this woman caught the fucking chair being thrown at her. It was like, this had to be, like, some rehearsed fucking shit. Like, you know what I mean? And it, it, I mean, it has to look fucking real. These people are not real actors and all that kind of shit. But, like, if I see Nathan Felder fucking doing these kind of exper- like experiments, and, again, people might go, oh, but no, Nathan Felder is being really creative. He's a genius. How do I know that that can't work in every in every element in life? How do I know... That it that we're not being um, how do we know we're not being fooled by you know another Nathan Felder, by doing all these viral fucking clips that don't make any fucking sense, you never fucking know anymore. But it's also a good way to promote Waffle House as well, good a- advertisements and all that kind of shit.
But all you know is there's no point of even going on your timeline on Twitter. Because, like, you know, it's like people you don't even follow are showing up on your fucking, showing up on your timeline. And it's like all, and it's always like the right-wing fucking accounts that, you know, the ones that pretend they're being fucking deplatformed. You search Jimmy Dore on, on, on Twitter. All, only his tweets are the ones that you fucking see. You don't see anyone else commenting on it. You gotta go to latest for that, but, like, if you look up, it's like the algorithm is, it's helping him. That's why he's praising Elon Musk, because now he's also front and center with a lot of his fucking opinions. And then, and then, and then the obvious fucking grifters that are associated with the neocon and all that kind of stuff, you know, they're talking about, oh, look, uh, you know, Elon, you know, Elon Musk is, uh, is a hero for exposing the FBI, even though this guy literally is associated with the fucking feds. It, 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 it's so funny how, like, some of these people that are, like, so against, like, the main, like, mainstream liberalism and all that kind of shit, then automatically drop their fucking guard for the fucking far right and don't ask the same fucking type of fucking questions. And then, you know, people who claim that they're not right-wing that are asking the Democrats... And again, I'm not saying you shouldn't. You definitely should. Because, I mean, they're complicit in the shit that they're fucking doing. They could help fucking solve the fucking issues. But it's like they ha- it all has to play out by paying your fucking dues and people got to be sacked. Like, like it's, it's fucking disturbing to me to maybe realize that, that that's how possibly decisions are fucking made. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to bring out conspiracies because, oh my God, this is like so fucking fun. But like when you literally have seen inconsistencies throughout different fucking things and all that kind of shit, I'm also allowed to fucking speculate. It scares people when I fucking speculate. You know what I mean? They get defensive because they're part of the fucking system, you know, and then... And then people are, are fascinated by this Ali Alexander and Charlie Kirk. Like, the thing is, is, like, people really want bad things to happen to these people, right? And and that's fine, because they don't seem like good fucking people, you know what I mean? I'm not going to, like, obviously, I'm not going to def- fucking defend them. But it's like, you're so desperate to fucking hate that you will then find yourself cheering on any narratives where you're like, oh my god, can you believe Ali Alexander is throwing Charlie Kirk under the fucking bus? Oh my god, the magas are employed. It's like you're, it's like you, you're, you're promoting this infighting, and at the same time, it's buying them time for whatever they're trying to do next. But it's like there's sports, entertain- there's sports entertaining the fucking politics of shit, where it helps people then realize. Uh, you know, it, it might not make people realize that these people are in on whatever fucking scam they're doing together. Even if it means they're infighting. Where do you get my money back? Apparently Kanye West was... Fu- people are saying he's gone missing. But then, like, you know, he's like, you know, it's, it's, it's like a where's Waldo situation. It's like you, you, you finally fucking found him and all that kind of stuff. 
But it's like he's avoiding being served fucking papers, and he's apparently in financial ruin. But to me, like the but like you know, the letting you know about this, the closer we're getting to the end of fucking days, it feels like you could find out that you know Kanye is uh you know gonna do something you know or be associated with something that's gonna be that's gonna be really fucked up. That's how I fucking feel in the whole fucking you know. But like you know, I I don't buy like whatever like people just need, like even if he was quote unquote, some people would know where he was. You know what I mean? Like it's not like you know he's a he's he's not just like a regular human being where he can just walk off. You know what I mean? He would have to be, you know, monitored wherever he fucking goes. Again, I don't. I have no idea. Everything was. I I at least it's died down with the Kanye rhetoric, but. It's still going to pop up here and there. People will fucking then be enamored by the fucking soul samples or whatever. Uh. But I, I, I didn't get a chance to watch the new Ric Flair documentary. I heard post-wrestling talk about it. Uh, I thought it would be on the WWE Network because I thought it was on Peacock. So I thought WWE, if they're producing it, they would allow for it to be put on the WWE Network. Maybe that'll happen the next time. But from the reviews that I'm seeing from it, not that it was like a... If you're into like, you know, it's like apparently people said there was nothing new going on. But when, you know, Pollock and Way were talking about like how he didn't even address... The uh, you know the 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 plane ride from hell after proclaiming it, then I'm like yeah I don't really fucking need to see it because then, to me it looks like a puff piece, that's just like 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 the, like the overall symbol is like this is his finale like like this whole thing has been his finale, even though they all the system also now booking him to amplify his fucking you know party lifestyle, because he probably wants to go out that fucking way anyways. And it feels like the overall symbolism of shit. You're basically, you know, having, you know, one last match. You're having one last fucking documentary. Even though he was never really fucking canceled to begin with. They just market him canceled so he can become an online fucking character. But, like, you know, perpetuating the narrative that these wrestlers are solely responsible on their own as well. When you don't disclose that these people are working within a mafia, where, like, the mafia fucking system that's produced produces this type of fucking lifestyle that they try to fucking aspire for. But, but, but like, you know what I mean? But then when you point out that other people are, are responsible as well, then people get upset, like, oh, you're not taking responsibility, but it's like, okay, you can take responsibility for what you did, but you, you, you don't have to take responsibility for every single fucking thing, especially when the system by default is, you know, quote-unquote dog shit. I don't even know why I say quote-unquote there, but who gives a shit, really? Yeah. I mean, the guy doesn't want to change his fucking ways. You gotta wonder why he doesn't want to change his fucking ways. Maybe some of these wrestlers know they gotta have a death wish. Because there's more about it behind the fucking scenes than what we realize. Who fucking knows? 
I think Lance Archer was also fucking complaining about, like, I don't think you, again, you, you can't full out complain if you're frustrated because then, like, all the AEW shows are going to ruin your fucking life. They'll shake you down. But, like, you know, like, I, I can sense this frustration. And that's why I always said, when you have bigger fucking wrestlers, like Archer, or a fucking, you know, who else, who else, who else, um, you know, who's a really big fucking figure, I guess, through, uh, I don't know, um, oh, Brian Cage, Brian Cage is another example. Like, even though, like, the match will be impressive, if you think just giving away a title shot right away to look for the world championship is the fucking answer to go, well, look, we gave this guy fucking the, uh, we gave this fucking person, um, a world title shot, how can you complain? But it's like, if you're giving it to him, like, right off the fucking bat, or her right off the fucking bat, and then they lose, even if it's a grueling battle, and there isn't fucking very good fucking follow-up for it, then this people fall by the fucking wayside for this shit. So, you know, why would I, you know... Like, my... The best bet would have been for Archer to just stay in New Japan, but if he's making bank here, then that's fine, too. But, like, you know, I thought the Jake Roberts fucking thing would end up... And, you know, you, like, even with the, with, with the Team Taz, with Taz choking out Cody, Jake Roberts debuting Lance Archer after he cut a promo on, on Cody a few weeks before that and all that, it, it feels like, you know, you could have followed up a lot fucking better. But the Kofi... Not, not Kofi, Cody. I was going to say the Kofi Kingston for some reason. But Cody's whole fucking discourse is to be polarizing with his fucking booking, you know. Or was, you know. I'm still trying to sign up for the New Japan World stuff, but it's not fucking working. So I don't know if I'm able to be watching Wrestling Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom, Wrestling Kingdom. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm willing to, like, you know, you know, spend some money on the fucking, you know, fight TV. But as of right now, they're not showing it, apparently. I just want to see Sasha Bang. I want to see Osprey versus, uh, I want to see Osprey versus, uh, you know, um, Kenny Omega and FDR's match with, uh, Yoshihashi and, uh, I think it's a go-to. And I wanted to see, you know, maybe Sasha Banks show up. I want to see what happened with Suzuki Gun, maybe. I know Nakamura is in Japan right now because he's preparing for uh, his match with uh, the Great Muda. And uh, I think it's in DDT, is it not? Or is it in Noah? Hold on, let me see. Nakamura. Yes, for Noah, it's for Noah, sorry. I I can't keep up with all the promotions. I've been listening to some primers from, like, the post-wrestling stuff, too. Um, you know, because WH Park does some... I I can... I I have so much in my fucking head that, uh... That I can never retain shit. So I, I need video essays type shit. Like, you know, like a wrestling bios. I need that with Japanese wrestling. Maybe it'll be easier for me to keep along. You know what I mean? I can only see random matches, but it won't mean as much if I'm not living the storyline 
or I knew the context of every single fucking thing. Like, I still enjoy it, but I don't know. But I mean, great mood. I've been. I I saw. I used to watch it. You know, when you come to WCW in like the nineties and stuff like that. So. Uh. Uh. Apparently, FDR lost their fucking title, which was not that surprising. They lost their titles to Dralistico, and Dragon Lee, but now they gotta forfeit fucking the the titles. Because Dragon Lee is now going to WWE. So now people think that Conan may have cut a deal with Triple with, with for Triple A and or the like, you know he's the head booker there and all that kind of stuff, you know what I mean? But maybe they secured a deal with WWE and this is what makes Tony Khan then kinda of pull back from letting his wrestlers work these independent dates and all that, you know what I mean? I don't know. Show me that Shimano. Like, and he also stripped uh, Sammy Guevara and Tay Mello of their intergender tag team match. You know what I mean? Like uh, tag team panels. So it feels like you know maybe maybe Tony Khan will then stick to CML CMLL basically. Instead of just doing the triple A stuff, maybe I don't know. I I think eventually Tony Khan will piss people off, and something will happen where he has to probably pull back. But it was fun living in the honeymoon phase. You know what I mean? But it seems like because Conan is going more heel. In real life, because he hangs, because he hangs out with Disco and for he uses like the typical alt right language. Oh, this guy sounds like a snowflake, huh? This guy sounds like a real fucking snowflake. <sighs> he, he does that shit. You know what I mean? And and the thing is, he used to be he used to be like more awoken. Than a lot of fucking people in pro wrestling. And then sometimes he goes with the... It just seems like people like that always end up going more into the right-wing fucking direction. Even though, like, you know they know a lot better. And they know that they can fucking tear up the fucking... This new form of fucking right-wing, basically. Like, this whole fucking Dax and fucking, uh, coordinate, this Dax and CM Punk shit is getting way out of fucking control. Like, like, first of all, don't tell me that Dax Harwood, whatever his name is, didn't fucking do this for the purpose of being an online fucking character and, uh, and basically using it for pro CM Punk fucking PR so he can get fucking the cultish fan bases on his fucking side. Don't, you know what I mean? So, if he's coming out and he's, like, making it seem like, oh, he's just telling stories. And I'm sure he is. But on this, on some level, he's also doing that with the intent of causing more havoc online, basically. Being the one that's chosen to be the baby face. To go, oh, can't you guys work together and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, he's pra- they're praising Jim Cornette. 
And maybe Dax is praising at, a, at his core level because maybe he knows at Jim Cornette's core. Jim Cornette's not a fucking bad guy, but Jim Cornette now is one of those guys that has become an internet fucking character where, like, he's going to have duality to him. So everyone is going to fucking think that, uh, you know, his, his, his whole shtick is, like, Bill Maher meets the Attitude Era where he needs to be edgelordy. And, and then, you know, in, in, in my personal fucking opinion, when he used to fucking be a little bit more racy towards Kenny King. Like, I remember when the called Kenny King let it out that he, he may be, you know, a closeted guy. And then, Lance, and, then, and then Lance Storm was like, oh, that's homophobic. I was like, how come you're ignoring this guy's fucking racism? You know what I mean? Like, you'll, like, to, like to me, it just proves... That if you're working within a delegation, you're a neoliberal, you're a neoconservative, you're allowed to exist in the fucking space. Uh, and, and, and don't say that it's all independent people just listen to him. No, he's propped up. He's, in my personal opinion, he's funded for these fucking opinions. So he's allowed to exist. But it's funny that when he's like, when, when closeted, like, conservative type fucking jerk-offs, even though he's not conservative, but like, he's like an old school, when, when closeted people like that, in my personal opinion are allowed to fucking then fucking say the most ignorant and racist fucking shit. And then yet when the call people who said less get canceled a lot fucking more. There's a lot of shady shit with Cornette. So to act like, oh, how come you're getting mad at Dax for praising Cornette? When the call, unless he, uh, you know, admits that there's nuance and, and duality that's fucking there. But otherwise, Dax did that for the purpose of what? Like, what's it called? Doing it so he can out get people outraged. So then he can fucking play the role of, oh my god, people are getting really, really cancelled. Oh my god. No one's getting cancelled. Nothing's ever been fucking, you know, like, people who've been cancelled, you, you don't hear about them getting cancelled. You don't do the same radio, won't play my jam of getting cancelled when you're allowed to fucking function. And the, and, the, and the people that are calling out fucking Dax as well are are making it even more fucking weirder as well. Because now pe people that are going, oh, like, I understand people going, okay, what the call when, uh, you know, Dax said that, you know, it's more about difference of opinion with Cornette. And then you're totally not taking account of, like, I, like, I don't care how many fucking beers um, Dax and Cash have with Sasha Banks and Bailey. Doesn't mean that what the call they aren't helping normalizing uh, you know, Jim Cornette's fucking dangerous fucking rhetoric as well. And and Jim Cornette speaks of somebody that knows what goes on behind the scenes because everyone behind the scenes talk like, you know, like make those, because again, because the system is like, for example, whenever like, um, whenever Jim Cornette fucking mentions something about um, like, you know, uh, like some wrestler might have some fetish for Japanese women, right? To us, it sounds like so fucking ridiculous because you want to believe that people who you like in the wrestling industry who have been propped up as good fucking people, you would think that, you know, that's what it, they they wouldn't really have that. That's kind of fucking racist. Because, again, uh, that's kind of fucking that's kind of fucking racist to uh, to to say that. But when you know the people behind the scenes Ha, like you know, it doesn't matter what their orientation is or who they're into and all that. Like once you're in the fucking system, it's like they work for quid pro quo in my personal opinion. 
So Cornette always speaks to someone that knows how some of these people fucking get down, whatever. But to a lot of us, it just sounds like, oh, look, old man is hating and all that kind of shit. But the thing is, like, okay, and then the people are being weird about this because even though you're so... It's not about a difference of a fucking opinion. If people don't feel comfortable with fucking Cornette, they don't have to be fucking comfortable. But what makes me uncomfortable is I see... It's like everyone online has to become a character now. So now somebody... So so, so now some jerk-off fan... I saw, I saw a lot of screenshots of this. Uh, Some of the fans are like, oh, I can't wait till Jim Cornette calls Dax's daughter a slut, huh? Because, oh, or, like, they're saying, oh, what if, what would Dax say if uh, his his, uh, daughter was in a classroom and uh, the teacher uh, talking about one of the Asian students being, um, and and talking about a fetish and all that kind of stuff, would you be a different opinion guy then? It's like, why do you guys got to be, in like in a in, in a weird direction where you're over sexualizing uh this guy's fucking kid. Like 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 dude, like you know what I mean? It, it's like I don't mind the condemnation in that with the you know what I mean but you gotta do it with the right fucking narrative. And then the guy and then the guy who's online that uh, you know, use his fucking son, uh, you know, his, uh, not son, his, uh, you know, his cousin's, uh, prison rate where he got HIV or whatever, uh, wherever, when this guy used it as an own for Buddy Murphy, for Buddy Matthews, saying that, you know, WWE is like a fucking prison, then that guy chimed in to go, you know what I mean, and it's designed to fucking dunk on him for what he fucking said, you know, it just becomes a whole fucking mess. In the road, I don't know. Like the cancel culture is promoted by right wing fucking shills. You know what I mean? Like some people will fucking be marketed that way. Nothing's nothing's happening. But stop! Like only they fucking get really offended. People have opinions about fucking shit to push back on their narratives. I don't know. And then, of course, the obvious stuff about, oh, how dare you point out who uh, who uh, the FDR are, are you know, cool with, like Jim Cornette. How dare you point that shit out, um, you know, when uh, the elite are not, you know what I mean? And, and yeah, you know, and the elite, you know, Marty Skrull, the, the elite fucking taking pictures with fucking Rob Feinstein. It's like it's by fucking design for for it to be used against you whatever argument is. So you can try to win the fucking argument. It's like a video game. Yeah. And and the people that are but and people that are calling out Dax for what he's fucking doing, like you know, you know, in a way it's like all the social media climbers who might be genuinely upset, but at the same time, you're going to be in that same position where you got to fucking compromise your fucking soul. So while some people online that are calling out, calling this out, they aren't going to fucking be completely honest 
and not tell you that they're auditioning for a role because that's what social media is now with all this discourse going on. It's like everyone's practicing their own television show so they could audition for fucking executives or people that are watching. So everybody who wants to expose problematic fucking people in the system don't want to admit that they want to join in that fucking system so they can become the problematic fucking person. And then you can have your past erased for you or some shit. And and the and the way that it's going with like, you know, CM Punk like going, Oh duh, with a call we can make a lot of money from from this it feels like it's a no fucking brainer. But it feels like like that'll happen down the fucking line because part of me feels like it it could go down where they actually do it. Right, which wouldn't surprise me whatsoever, but at the same time, it wouldn't also surprise me if, like, people go, oh, no, Omega and the Elite, or, you know, they, they wouldn't pass up the fucking money, blah, 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 and they have Alvarez doing their PR for them. They have Alvarez doing their PR for them, and then, you know, um, I can bet that they'll probably end up fucking leaving before anything is done. And then people will be like, oh, look, they ran from the grind. They'll go to WWE or something. I can see that. I don't know. Like, I'm supposed to fucking give a shit that CM Punk gave, you know, a bunch of uh, women wrestlers or wrestlers in, gener- in, 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 you know, in general, you know, star- Starbucks gift cards and all that kind of shit. Like, I'm, I'm not saying it's a bad fucking thing. That's, that sounds like an awesome thing. I don't think CM Punk's, like, you know, everything about the fucking guy is 100% evil. I think he's a good fucking dude at heart, at his core. I want to believe that. But, like, some of the fucking PR for this fucking guy goes way too fucking far. And then what makes it fucking worse, after doing the PR, people think by uh, going, oh, no, no, I'm not a punk fucking, uh, I'm not a punk fan boy all whatsoever, but then you'll, like, l- l- every fucking argument someone's having about it, you, some of these people will chime in with their fucking opinions. And then you can get mad that people don't fucking agree with them. Just say that you miss getting paid as much as you were when CM Punk was on television. Yeah. But again, everyone auditions for a fucking role. I don't know. Anyways, it's uh, you know, eight ten AM. I wanna get the first I wanted to get, you know, something out there. I don't know how well this podcast will fucking do, but you know. The fact that they expect me to give up on it is like, you know, I don't know, it's comical. See, now I'm really falling asleep. I might as well just run out the last fucking minute. I don't know. I don't know what song I'm trying to fucking sing. I'm trying to, you know, I don't want to play another song. I want to fucking sing. I get this. I'm I'm gonna fall fucking asleep. The, the 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 medication is fucking kicking in. You know the fucking antidepressants and all. Not the, not the antidepressants, the antipsychotics. Anyways, uh, take it easy. I'm glad I got this done out of the way first, so I don't have to rush through it. And I can fucking finish the recaps and all that kind of shit. Maybe, who fucking knows.
Maybe, baby, I'll have you. Maybe, baby, I'll have you. Hold on. p.m. December your 29th I mentioned this, but um, you know, towards the end of the last fucking segment that you heard, I was um, I I was falling asleep, so I don't remember if I fucking talked about 
FDR losing to Jalistico and uh, Dragon Lee. I could have sworn I did mention that, right? I I, I don't want to go check back. You know what I mean? I don't want to hear my fucking voice. It's bad enough that I know people who are going to listen to this are going to hear my fucking voice and my stuttering. I can't imagine, like, the the face. That's why I got to always envision what the fucking reactions are. You know what I mean? I, I, I got a pretty good idea about the cookie-cutter personalities and what they fucking do and say. When you're a cookie cutter personality, you're not re- you're thinking in a in a very you know very lineal kind of fucking way. You're not fucking going above and beyond. You're just regressing because you're you've taken in all the fucking you know all the spoils of what you've been doing. That's not satisfactory to you. You see someone like me having a fucking you know a decent time doing his own fucking thing without anybody's fucking help, and then you know so you don't know you know. What the reactions are going to be. You don't know if anything's going to be a hit with what you're saying. Are people laughing at me or with me? It doesn't matter. Most of the time it's against me, but it doesn't really fucking matter, right? But I I, I personally think with this whole, uh, with, with this whole, like, all of a sudden with Sammy Guevara and Tay, Tai, what they call getting their, uh, getting their fucking things stripped from them, it's kind of like hinting at more at that AAA it's going to be working with WWE more, where, like, then maybe that'll excuse AEW to go and work with CM, CMLLL. It's hard to say that when I have a speech impediment the way I fucking do. There's just some words that you should I shouldn't fucking try, but I know that it's never going to sound fucking smooth. Fucking, you know. But I'm sure this will end, end up with, like, Tony Khan pulling back. I'm pretty sure I made this fucking point. If I did, I mean, of course it's going to sound fucking stupid, but, you know, um, I don't know. It is what it is. Did, did I mention the Waffle House discourse? I'm pretty sure I mentioned that, right? Because that was another one that I, 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 I mean, like, you know, just the obvious fucking, you know, the obvious fucking sports entertainment and how somebody catches a chair. It, it, just, it just feels like p- people wouldn't think that because it looks like it's a, you know, a real situation because, again, you're filming it. When you, when you film it with a real fucking phone, obviously then people will automatically go all the time, well, this can't be fake at all whatsoever or this can be orchestrated, you know what I mean? You can still give people the reward for partaking in it, you know what I mean? You get rewarded for taking L's. You know what I mean? With a call, you'll make, you know, headlines by being in, in, in jail for a few things. They might make a documentary about you. The, you know I mean? the, it might be featured in a doc, future documentary about Waffle House, since that needs to be promoted. I got a problem with Waffle House. Waffle House sounds fucking... I love waffles. I love it better than pancakes. You know what I mean? I wish there was more Waffle, waffle Houses near where I fucking... I mean, I'm sure there's a breakfast fucking place that does serve good waffles and shit. I love Waffle House, but, you know, it just makes me more... Fu- Maybe I get frustrated because I get more hungry when I fucking see this stuff being more viral and shit. I don't know. I have no fucking clue. Um, yeah, so I, I, I can finish... What, I, I was talking about the FDR shit before I left. I know that for sure. But like now, I can sense there's going to be advanced scripting for, cause again, after, cause now that the dad has a podcast, when you have a podcast that's making traction, 
for things that are being said. It's another way to fucking do storyline. This is the way that online personalities help organize fucking storyline so that they can then take over the narratives online to then be detrimental to the fucking product. So when people like are putting out, oh, um, the, you know, the, 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 the it's gonna be, it's gonna be like one of the biggest downfalls of Tony Khan when you realize that he's not gonna book. FDR probably, which means that a lot of you got the fucking advanced script so you can look like you're fucking right. Because people need to be boosted up to be right. No one can just genuinely be fucking right. Whether I'm wrong or fucking right, you know what I mean? With the call, like, I, I can own when I can't get the specifics right, but I think with the overall trajectory, I think I've been pretty fucking good with that, you know, with the overall shit. Maybe not the exact fucking specifics. But when I see a world going in a different fucking way and what direction is going. So like this year was like the most fucking obvious that Tony Khan and AEW are becoming a discourse company. Because it can't just be a happy honeymoon. So now it has to be like people who are online are permitted to be against the fucking company for their own fucking narrative. While maintaining their credibility because they might call out the WWE on some fucking level. Or some of the WWE shills who never call WWE will have perfectly fucking valid points against AEW, but their opinion doesn't count because they're a WWE shill. So once somebody discredits you, you're not your opinion becomes less fucking valued, even if you're getting propped up and all that kind of shit. Because being propped up doesn't mean anything anymore, really. It just means that you're being scripted to be... You're, you're being boosted up to being someone that's fucking right. It doesn't mean that, you know, you're actually doing it off, you know, like, actual genuine shit. Like, it, it doesn't mean that the, 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 there's a hard work involved either. Not knocking that. It's hard work to plan your fucking rise, you know what I mean? It's not easy, it's not easy fucking work, but people don't want... But See, again, people fucking w- w- would assume that by you saying that there's an overall script and an overall thing, that means that I'm making it seem like life is so fucking easy. And there's a time where I'd articulate that way, where I would fucking make it seem like, oh, because it's all planned, it has to be really... E-. No, but there's actually a lot more fucking planning going on. It actually gives you more fucking credit, actually, but I don't think people want to fucking realize that, you know... They want credit to an extent why they need it kayfabed. Which, which is why I don't buy into the kayfabe fucking, you know, um, the kayfabe way of, of, of which they fucking go about their fucking shit. You know, I don't know. And, and and by the way, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I know there's people that are listening to me that what they're called, uh, like, you know, you can't admit you're listening to me, but a lot of you have to fucking, you know, um, like, you're, you're, you're getting nervous with how my speculation could be more accurate than what's being let on. But because I'm not, you know, a guy that's being listened to officially, since no one can prop me up, but they're still listening to what I'm saying, I know it frustrates a lot of people. So when that starts frustrating a lot of fucking people with my speculation, suddenly I'll start being I'll start being uh, not sh- not by Shuli himself. Now I'm I'll, more recently, last couple of fucking weeks, there's been more people that fucking interact with me that ask about going on Shuli's show, and that's like to fucking you know uh, basically help me. And, and again, if if I if, if I don't fucking you know go go and do it. With the call, there will be consequences for it because they act very vindictive. But but it's, it's not. But they're not asking me on for 
like, oh, they want to hear from me and all that. They're basically, with my confidence now and the way that I articulate myself now, it'll open the floodgates of fucking, um, like, right-wing-leaning people who are latched on to that show. And, you know, he'll have a bigger audience than me, obviously. It'll open the floodgates up where they'll fucking try to fuck with my life even more. It'll open, up to, it'll open me up to being more of a target for, because my aesthetic hasn't fucking changed. So so everyone's gonna go for the fucking you know the 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 fucking obvious fucking insults towards me, and because it works on everybody else to fucking tear them down, and I'm I'm a lot more powerful mentally. What they call it, it it won't suffice. So what they call it, there's no point of even doing an interview. I don't want to talk to anybody from the Stern Show. I don't want to interact with fucking Shuli. I'm putting that out there that I think you know that him and and whoever's behind him is fucking a dangerous fucking person. Try, try, I, I'm not one of these guys that's gonna fucking forgive um, being fucked with and having my life fucking ruined and having my life kept in the fucking dark, sorry. I don't easily fucking forgive. Even if I have to be around fucking people that I'm, uh, oh, I'm cool with. But, but, but like, well, once you fucking help partake in that, um, I don't have to fucking respect you. I don't care how much you want to shake. If you, you want to shake me fucking down, I'd rather fucking get, adv- I'd rather get such a suicide than ever fucking, you know, w- w- want to be associated with people that have ruined my fucking life. That have fucking took pleasure in ruining my fucking life. So don't ask me about fucking Shuli. I don't give a shit. I don't want to go on this fucking show. And I know I know a lot of you are secretly fucking listening to it. Because you're trying to I, I, I know I know the game. I know how you're trying to fuck me up more. It's it's not it's not it's it's like oh my god, um, you know, it's gonna add to my confidence by being on a platform where there's more like maybe more a couple hundred more listeners or something like that. I don't I don't I don't I don't give a shit. I'm fine doing the fucking podcast the way I'm fucking doing it. I'm not looking for, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not like, I know lesser fucking mentally is, you know, like the people who, you know, complain about fucking billionaires who then will fucking, you know, become a, who, who will then proudly fuck, because they're revealing themselves as being more to the right wing. So now they have no problem giving, you know, um, giving, you know, $10 a month to get a blue check mark. It's fifty it's fifteen dollars in Canada, so I'm assuming like what ten dollars in, in America maybe? Twelve dollars maybe at least or something like that. What is it? Eleven? I'm not I'm not paying for a fucking blue check mark. Give me a fucking break. It's, it, it, this will sound funny if like you're, you're forced upon having to do it, but it's like there's no value to it. I don't really, I I never really wanted a blue check mark when like it was like a frequent fucking thing because I just knew that what they call whoever gets a blue check mark is because you know you're you're you know from the, like like you're permitted to fucking have one. You know what I mean? You're permitted to have one. It means you'll get propped up a lot fucking more. Your tweets will be seen a lot more on the fucking website. Like it, it to me, I, I didn't really care about all that shit. Maybe for a bit I may have fucking care, but then after a while I'm like, you know what I mean? Sometimes, I, I, sometimes like you go, oh, okay, well, I, I'm mad that I didn't get to do all this, I didn't get to meet all these celebrities, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, it doesn't fucking really matter. I don't really give a shit. I, 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 just, I just thought when, like, people were, like, you know, trying to, like, especially the, the people who, do, who, get, who run you through fucking parody tests and all that kind of shit. The people that run you through fucking parody tests. 
like, they would want you to fucking condemn, like, you know, anything from your fucking past that's been, like, you know, that, that, like that, that you've said or done or whatever and all that kind of shit. And yet, what they call you, they thought we were evolving so we could move to a better fucking place mentally and all that. But then it's like, people basically cop to, you know, their past ignorance just so you can pretend that you evolve so you can regress in the present, in the current day representation of what, re- what regressing is. And it's like you're all meeting up at one fucking mutual fucking meeting spot to get you there and all that kind of shit. I don't know, man. Like, like even even stupid shit, like you know, like even Brian Danielson. Like trying, like next week it's in Seattle, right? So he wants to face off with like Tony Nice, and then like even like even people fucking like bitching about that, like get on my fucking nerves because what they call they they would want a like. It's clear where they're building with him and MJF. You clearly know what feud he is going into. And it's like, they need like the most pay-per-view worthy fucking match. Even though the crowd's going to be pumped up regardless of what it is. Like, the card for Canada was not the greatest fucking card on the fucking planet. Because, I mean, Jericho versus Brian is like, is like an amazing fucking, you know, um, um, a wicked marquee match. But since I saw it like a couple of times on pay-per-view on television... It wasn't, like, you know, the most enthralling fucking match, but I'm glad I got to see it live, right? But I'm saying that just because, like, 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 like I'm glad that Brian actually um, um, put it, like, made the fucking narrative be put out there that he's the one that chose Tony Nese to face in Seattle, whatever. Because maybe it'll add more to a storyline that will happen after or before the fucking match. It also give Brian will be over regardless. The crowd will be fucking pumped up, and then it also at the same time elevates Tony Nese to get a fucking showcase that might fucking make you fucking go, oh shit, this guy is actually really really fucking good, and he can fucking you know maybe go to a uh, an elevate to a mid card level. It's 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 how you build fucking talent, even if they fucking lose, while you're building to bigger fucking angle. That should be the goal. But I wouldn't expect people who have consumed WWE-style booking from the Attitude Era and then beyond to really understand fucking solid fucking booking. They, you, 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 like, like this, is one, this is one era of fucking talent where, like, everyone's over. And instead, you want to do the same type of shit that fucking, like, was regressive booking back then. Like, you could take some of the good shit from the Attitude Era... Take some of the good shit from the other fucking eras of how to build matches and do a perfect combo with, like, the modern style and all that kind of shit. It's like people don't want to fucking build to fucking big fucking, build to big fucking moments. They rather, you know, uh, you know, just, oh, give away every single fucking match uh, imaginable, basically. It's fine with me, you know what I mean? I, 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 I personally don't fucking care, you know what I mean? I think, you know, Tony Nese is fucking, you know, I'm, I'm not saying he's like, oh, look, he should be world fucking champion and all that. But he, you know, as someone that fucking said that, he, you know, he's good in the ring, but he's kind of 
bored me on the microphone because of how WWE presented him. He's come across a lot more fucking credible in AEW on the microphone. Where, you know what I mean? He's not, like, overbearing and all that, but, one, but, but he does a decent enough job where, you know what I mean, like, you can see that he has, like, some in, like some intrigue to him, but he's also really good in the fucking ring. So I, I don't mind that you know, that Brian Danielson would choose Tony Nese for a match in Seattle. Like, I'm sure there'll be an angle afterwards. But at the same time, you also let fucking other lesser-established guys on the roster fucking shine against some of the fucking main guys on the fucking roster. Is that supposed to be the point of elevating other people to... Even if they lose, Tony Nese will have good social equity from it. If Depending on how much Brian wants to give him. Uh, it, it just... The, that shit fucking annoys the living shit out of me. And I'm disappointed that Sting's not gonna. Sting said that he he has an end game in plan for his AEW stuff. He said that he's not gonna have a single match. Okay, and if, if, that, if that's what he wants to do, that's you know it's cool with me. You know what I mean? Like if he wants to do that, I personally think there's a lot of money on the table. If you know the like, I mean, obviously Sting versus Darby would be one fucking single match that I would fucking love to see. That'd be dope as well, right? But if there's one time that Sting could be justified to wrestle. For a world title, I would say him versus MJF could be fucking money. Because, you know, MJF already works in old school fucking style. He's a heated fucking character. He can get heat. Sting is a beloved icon. You know what I mean? MJF beats him. He, you know, he beats a fucking made guy. That's an icon. It adds another notch to MJF fucking thing. If MJF can, you know, retire him, then what the call Darby can avenge him. But the, but but the thing is like like you know what I mean like that would have been a fucking you know uh, an okay scenario for Darby to win it from MJF, but now that starts caught fucking fire, now it's like the end goal has to be that Starks win the title off of MJF unless they want to do where like MJF loses the title, um you know sometime this year but then he wins it back quickly because. You know what I mean? Like, it's more about, you know... You know but but I, I, would, I would have him just keep the belt and have Ricky Starks beat him. But, you know, we'll see where it fucking goes from there. But, you know... But, yeah, if Sting doesn't want to have, like, a singles match, I mean, I can't fucking fault the guy if the guy doesn't want to do it. I, I, I wish he would fucking reconsider because I think him versus MJF would be a really compelling fucking, you know, uh, like, it, it, it doesn't have to be, like, for a pay-per-view, it could be, like, a big TV special, it could be for Battle of the Belt or something like that, you know what I mean, like, you could literally find a reason why Sting should fucking, you know, like, MJF would be the one guy that I would fucking put trust in for him, for, uh, Sting to be justified in it, you know what I mean, it, it, it would be, it would be, the, it would be some of the easiest heat that fucking MJF would fucking be able to get, and and the fact that he's on another level now and all that kind of stuff, you know what I mean? So and and I think Sting could work a fucking like a match like at, at the pace that MJF. If he can do crazy fucking shit, he can definitely work an MJF style fucking match where like it'll be a hundred times more fucking heated. It'll be such a big fucking deal. That's why you need some of these veterans around because then it has to give some of the other fucking people some fucking rub. Basically, you can't you know. 
Like, Sting always does a, does a great job in these fucking matches, and he doesn't, like, oh, you know, he, 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 like, Darby's the one that fucking really, really shines. But I would really, I would really have fucking, you know, I would really have Sting, uh, you know, try to put over some, some people at least, to at least get, have that credibility that they beat Sting, you know what I mean? It's not like, the, you know what I mean? He, he's, on, he's, he's, on a, he's on a level of his own now. Where, where, like, if you beat him, it fucking means something. You know what I mean? He put so many guys over in Impact and all that kind of stuff. He can surely put over some guys to make them more credible because you'll have Sting, uh, uh, you know, um, as one of the guys that you fucking beat. You know what I mean? That really adds to your fucking resume. I don't know. I regress. By the way, I, I'm, you know, again, I'm sure there'll be more fucking from the news, but John Bolton would, um, you know, like, I can never tell how they're always booking John Bolton, because I know he's always supposed to be a villain, right? But sometimes he'll say shit like, oh, America's more safe with Biden um, in control and all that, right? So I guess because, like, it's, it's an obvious way of defending Biden, like, you know how everyone's kind of coming at the woodwork to go at Trump on some fucking level, where then it makes it seem like Trump is, like, this old, you know, he's the one that's actually the threat because even warmongers from the past are, are you know, are, are praising Joe Biden over him, even though, like, people, are, people buy into the fucking sports entertainment where they don't know that people can be playing you on the fucking surface. Anything that you see on the surface is designed to happen. But, like, now he's praising Trump again, praising Trump again, saying that if Trump was in office, uh, you, like, you, because everyone already has a perception that Ukraine is not, like, like, even though, like, the, like, the, the media is, like, self-preserving by telling you that, like, Russia is being evil by invading Ukraine and all that kind of stuff, even though, like, the U.S. warmongers are making it seem like they're fucking trying to go to war with Russia themselves, even though, some, in my personal opinion, the neocons are associated with, and, you know, have, have their fucking power players kind of, like, align with fucking Putin and other fucking far-right-wing fucking people. So, but by him saying that, like, it won't seem as bad. It'll probably be, like, Jimmy Dore will probably do a video by going, oh, look, John Bolton is more to the left than AOC because he would, he wants to, he would want to move, uh, he would want Trump to uh, get out of NATO. Cause, because, again, too, like, a lot of the people in the alt media, like, you know, NATO's like the, like, and again, again, I'm not saying that they haven't, like, they haven't been questioned, every organization has questionable fucking shit. You know what I mean? But it feels like that's always like always like the quote unquote alt media's go to. Even though like the establishment is gonna fucking blindly de- defend it. Like they like the system doesn't fucking give a shit what you perceive them to be. They're, uh, the, that's why they're doing it so transparently. While you're falling for the America's dumbest criminal act by like going, Oh my god, can you believe these Democrats don't know what they're fucking doing and they're actingly fucking dumb? And then you buy to the infighting by the fucking right wing as well? It gets fucking really old with that narrative, you know what I mean? But, you know, but maybe John Bolton is actually preparing you for, you know, if, you know, the right wing get their fucking takeover. I mean, people are, are, are hyping up Jim... Whenever they hype up Jim Jordan fucking trying to be the Speaker of the House or who are going to be the Speaker of the House, you do the usual shit where you're going to fucking bring out all the fucking resume of what Jim Jordan did when that was fucking evil and all that kind of shit. And I'm not saying it isn't valid, but you you really think by now pointing out all that is going to fucking stop them? All it is is just going to cause more hissing at the fucking, you know, at at the public figure that you're supposed to be hissing at. 
Like, nothing's going to be fucking done about it. I'm, I'm sure 2023 is going to be the fucking Republican fucking year, apparently. You know what I mean? With, you know... Because they, cause they, because because now the Twitter files has fucking you know, um, has given them carte blanche to make it seem like their fucking investigations are gonna be you know, um, you know, uh, justified in what, what they're doing. Even though everyone in the system is do, uh, you know, the, is designed for the fucking for like the right wing, the far right wing, the fucking you know the the Trump fucking people to basically you know, uh, f- like on the surface find their quote unquote valid reason to basically take their fucking power back, you know what I mean? But, like, you know, again, because people wouldn't mind if, like, you know, if, 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 like, you know, people wouldn't mind if Russia invaded Ukraine, because they already, because, again, they think that they're aligned with the fucking truth, because alt media people are pointing out that mainstream media people lie, so because that's fucking true, what the call, even though, like, those alt media people are given the script in advance to make it seem like they're fucking right, so that they, you know, so they can replace the mainstream media, because already you're doing mainstream media type of fucking bits, but you're just doing the obvious by calling out how the fucking mainstream media lies. That would have, like, meant, like, something like 10 years ago, but, like, now that trope is fucking kind of weird thin now, basically. When, especially when you know that the alt media just is funded as, from people in, in, the, in the bigger institutions, but they get a, their aesthetic gets to act like, oh look, I'm a common, I'm a common man, even though even though they don't comment about them, they're being funded by by other fucking billionaires. So again, I don't know if Jim Jordan's going to be the speaker of the house, but that seems to be where you know. Where that's going, I I don't even buy into the fucking infighting of what's going on. You know what I mean? I I, don't, I really don't. I don't really buy into the infighting. It's just more sports entertainment, so they dangle some hope in the most pretentious ways as possible, while letting the alt media run the narrative of Trump being the one who's like, and the right wing being the one that's the are the innocent people being fucking targeted. Even even though like I I bet you any money, some of these alt media people are gonna run with that Katie Porter story. Of her firing somebody that um that 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 worked for her that had co- that had COVID, but then like you look into the story more, it's not exactly what like like what's being said. The person broke policy, and she wasn't fired. She was allowed to do her job. Uh, I don't know if she still was able to do her job for like you know or whatever, but she was, she she was told to do it like away from fucking work basically, like at home and all that kind of stuff. But the, but just just but just the fact that these people that speak the fucking truth. Don't even tell you that and fucking mislead you as well. Although it's, it's, it's again, I, I fucking feel like an idiot by pointing out the irony because I'm sure it's by design. But the, you're pointing out the irony and that, like, you know, that the, the, the people who claim to fucking be um, against mainstream media lies and the fucking limited narratives are the ones themselves running limited fucking narratives. And it's just like we're going to go in a fucking cycle of this shit. It's like, it's, it's some of the most fucking boring shit on the planet of how to analyze. And I'm supposed to buy into the shitty sports. I have to wait for everyone to fucking catch up, to play catch up with me, basically. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll always fucking hate that. I, will, I really fucking despise how fucking people fucking, you know, act in that fucking regard.
I don't know, man. Everybody watching, everybody watching. Let me look at the Katie Porter story. I'm just checking out a song break. I don't know. Try to find a tweet where someone's pointing out where the story is a lie, actually. Hold on. look for the fucking story. I don't even know why I play the fucking song. It's like playing a fucking song. See, again, the thing is, the supposed people that are fucking censored are the ones that are dominating the fucking algorithm. Like, it, it, it's so funny seeing on your timeline also that like they they promote the right wing. Like if you look at Jimmy Dore now, you don't see any tweets on the top tweets, like anything just mentioning him. It's all about Jimmy Dore fucking. It's all about Jimmy Dore fucking. It's all about Jimmy Dore tweets. That's all it is. They they they've organized it. They fucking rigged. They've rigged it in their fucking favor while complaining about the system being fucking rigged. They want it rigged in their fucking favor. That's how cowardly a lot of them are. And and they're the most fucking like like the only reason why they're able to do and say what they're fucking doing and, and make the declaration and get the support they are is because they are how can how can you live with yourself like being a pretend person who is like actually pretending to make fucking change and not boost it up like you're acting like it's a genuine fucking thing that wouldn't sit right with me morally like 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 even if I get propped up I know it's going to be an organized effort and it, it would make me still feel like shit because I know it's not fucking completely genuine 
I rather be I rather be right I rather be right in I rather be right uh, about stuff in spirit. I don't need fucking to be propped up for it. Sure, it gets frustrating when people, you know, take my fucking you know thoughts and then make it their own. But the, but 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 when the, but when they do that, they're not like you can tell when they do that kind of stuff. It doesn't really feel natural, and people can tell like people can tell when the fucking funk is being faked, basically. Let me see. Okay, so yeah, so 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 this is someone that that, that said so the one tweet I can find right here. I said, so this uh, is a pretty smear against Katie Porter. Don't accept it. The staffer wasn't fired. She was she was on a two year fellowship, that she was allowed to finish from home after admitting after admittedly violating office po- policy. She immediately got to the got a management consulting job right after. Like the thing is, like nowadays, when like somebody who works in the system is screwed over by somebody, like let's say you know uh, a fucking uh, uh, being screwed over by um, like like people who work in the system know that the system is already going to be fucking like like you know like. It's it's gonna be like a, a very corrupt fucking way, whatever. Some people are socially people will 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 you know, like purposely do the shit that they're fucking doing, so that they can be propped up in the fucking future by other fucking sociopaths. Essentially, that's what it fucking feels like to me. All the fucking time, that's how it fucking feels now, especially when they're especially especially when like uh, you know uh, suspicious. Alt media people are the ones fucking covering it. They just gonna have the they gonna have the like the the narrative of like oh look we're calling out the mainstream media and something that fucking a public figure fucking did even though they're working in a fucking system that they're gonna be doing the fucking evil shit but they just want credibility because they're calling out someone in limited fucking fashion. No one's actually fucking telling you the fucking truth at all whatsoever on on a lot of fucking things. At least I'm telling you that I'm, I'm I fucking speculate. I'm not saying that I'm I you know, I know every single fucking thing. I, I'm I'm not fucking saying that at all. But it becomes like really really fucking tiresome when people um pretend that uh. You know that 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 like like they're the ones that are fucking saying the realest fucking shit on the planet. It gets fucking annoying. I don't know, man. Ba ba da 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 I'll end the segment by playing a fucking, you know, a, a song before I go to the next fucking, you know. Ooh, it's a funny game. 
Hopefully the recaps, if there's more discourse, I'll come back and talk about it. You'll probably figure it out by how it goes down. I did an interview with uh, Rufus Sims. I, I did an interview with him. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to put it on this podcast. I'm going to like uh, release it like maybe like a day after. You know, to give me like some type of fucking speech. You know, before maybe like the last one for the new year, I guess. 
You know what I mean? But it, it was a pretty... Uh, it, it's kind of like, you know, it's weird uh, interviewing, like, street rapper dudes because... Like, because sometimes, like, you know, they have a socially conscious sound, but they also do street rap, right? So you never know what to, like, kind of classify them as. But the guy was claiming he does, like... He was, class, he was like, telling me why he does because... Uh, because, again, there's a lot of street dudes that listen to his music, and they claim they only like to listen to that kind of music. So he, it's like kind of trying to find a balance between being an artist and being a street dude and all that kind of stuff. It, it, I didn't want... The you know, thing is, like, he, he was very vague, whatever, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, he, he, like, you know, he wasn't incriminating himself or anything. I mean, he, he copped to, like, already doing time for stuff that he already did or whatever and all that. But you know, he's trying to get a you know uh, you know a clean built you know trying to fucking you know start to start fresh you know because it's hard being the son of a drug con- kingpin basically. You know, and and part of me part of me felt like you know because I I I didn't want him to like you know keep like uh, generalizing to like like you know um, that like only rappers do this kind of thing because I kept trying to like. You know, trying to deflect to as like all entertainers do it, because I, I I I didn't want to pull a DJ Vlad and start going, oh yeah, I guess it's people in your community. You know, like you know what I mean. Like so, sometimes I feel like if someone's lived experiences that is that way, they might think that that's what you know, like their people only do because that's what they're only seeing. You know what I mean? Even though like I'm looking at it in a grand view, where I think like all the gangster shit is done on the corporate level as well. In my personal fucking opinion. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, no. But so 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 the like interview will come out. Um, and yeah, so you know, I'll you know, I'll, I'll do that. In a, I'll, I'll do that interview. I, but I didn't want to. I didn't want. I wanted to give him an actual episode. I didn't want to lump it in with like you know a bunch of my fucking accumulated rants because it might not fucking go go well with it. Even though like you know it it might actually be kind of like you know. Uh, like a Howard Stern level kind of way where I insert an interview kind of in the midst of like other fucking stupid shit I got going on in my head. But I wanted to give him like, you know, an, an actual episode himself. He's a, he's an interesting dude, you know what I mean? So um, look out for that, I guess. Um, yeah, so this, you know, the Andrew Tate shit is, uh, is uh, it's, it's like still fucking getting out of control. Uh, you know. Um, this whole fucking entire thing is, uh, just like the way that it's playing out, like, they want us to know that it's, uh, obvious sports entertainment, meaning, like, I'm not saying that, like, oh, he didn't do what he did, it's like, it's, we're so much in, in a reality show, it's like, um, like, the people that are calling him out, like, to believe they're calling him out in a way where, like, oh, look, I'm, I'm keeping this honest, I'm calling out this thing, if you really wanted to call out the entire system, maybe call out how the, the matter of the fact of, uh, you know, that, in my personal opinion, that, uh, people are initiated into being scumbags, and some people will have it hidden, and some people will be obvious about it, but they're not gonna go anywhere, even if it seems like they're getting caught, There'll be more, like, there'll be documentaries made about this fucking guy. Most people haven't heard about this guy until you started talking about him being fucking cancelled. And some of the people that are condemning him, it's like, are you actually condemning what's going on? Or are you just doing it for your personal fucking brand? I know I'm about to pose a question, that kind of shit, because that that's why some of these progressives don't actually want the conspiratorial mind out there, because it takes away from, like, the, oh, my God, like, look at this George Santos thing playing out. 
Oh my God, can you believe he did all these lies? Yes, the entire system, everyone's been pointing out his lies. And who, and then like, you have people like TYT going, oh, well, I'm, I'm relieved that, you know, he's getting caught and all that because I don't want people going down that path of being, you know, vulnerable to, you know, right-wing people like that and, and, and buying into his grift and all that kind of stuff. But it's like you guys push people to that fucking side when you deny conspiratorial fucking shit going on. And and you can't you can't say that people who are progressive, like they don't have that conspiratorial bone in them because they'll do it when no one's actually paying attention. But then they'll fucking go back into kayfabe mode where they play dumb and you know try to fucking make it seem like like they'll keep promoting all the fucking bad shit that's going on, and yet they don't expect you to do anything. And then they get mad at you if you think conspiratorially about uh, how the entire system is fucking planted out. Oh, can you believe that there was a group that was an anti-sex trafficking group that was trying to go after, um, um, trying to go after, um, Andrew Tate, and it was named Greta, and then he went at Greta Thunberg, and then all of a sudden, what's it called, the FBI is at his fucking house, or whoever, the, the authorities in Romania, whoever the fuck they were, and he had a pizza box, so, you know, as to the pizza gate fucking remix that they want to incorporate as well in there people are defending him it's, it's like it's like it's like you purposely know these people are going to become scumbags instead of it stopping the actual system from doing and initiating more people into the system you rather have these fucking villain of the fucking month type of fucking people that you're gonna fucking prop up for documentaries and all that kind of stuff even if it's a person not making fucking money the system will make money off of it how much money they and people don't think because the on it's only online or whatever like there isn't fucking corporate impl- implementing in the in the in, in the fucking world of fucking social media. Only thing they'll tell you that they kept eyes on everybody else. They're not telling you what storylines they're fucking creating. Even the people that complain about the feds um watching whatever, they are part of the fucking feds themselves. In my personal opinion. And then, and then people are calling for, oh, look, Epstein needs to be, uh, Epstein needs to be investigated. Why are we investigating, uh, uh, Andrew Tate to basically make him a hero? The funny thing is about the the right-wingers that are fucking calling for the Epstein thing, because they already made it seem like, you know, Trump is, like, um, enemy number fucking one to a lot of these fucking people, that, like, the feds and the fucking system themselves are the ones that are fucking keeping it fucking secret. Joe Biden's the one that's keeping it secret. But if I'm if I, if I'm to speculate and interpret um, that I believe the fucking system is aligned with Trump, to me it would be like the loudest ones that are complaining about the Epstein shit are going to be revealed as the people that have been standing behind trying to censor um, it. Like they're making mention of it fucking being there. But at the same time, they are pretending like they don't have any kind of investment into it in the sense that they act like, oh, they're keeping a secret because it's only Democrats that are on there. Even though it would fucking, you know, uh, it would fucking expose a lot of people on the right wing as well. It'll be very limited. I wouldn't be surprised if that becomes the Twitter file thing. But the whole fucking thing, you know what I mean? Like, I'm a, like they, they basically booked fucking Andrew Tate to go out like AJ Soprano. When he got fucking caught fucking, you know, uh, when he got caught, um, 
when he got caught fucking, you know, uh, vandalizing the school pool and all that kind of shit, he left pizza behind. Like that, it's it's like the same type of fucking creative behind it. But this is like, but this is how they fucking play it out, you know. Like, like the most riveting fucking analysis from TYT about George Santos is, oh my god, can you believe? Like, it's like you you want to be outraged by these fucking stories, but then at the same time you're promoting him, like, oh my god, they both he lies like Trump. No, the entire people in the fucking system, everyone fucking lies. Even if they fucking are playing the role of being a fucking good guy, everyone fucking lies in the fucking system. So I'm so I'm so sick and tired of of the mediocre analysis that's going on, and yet when I call people like the the thing is I wouldn't mind it, but when you fucking take the lead and go, oh we want to be the perfect progressive leaders in this fucking space and all that, then why don't you just admit that you want to fucking be what the mainstream media is? Because all the coverage of fucking uh, of uh, uh, of of a lot of these fucking progressive uh, or the alt media fucking people is pointing out like what other people are doing on fucking Tucker Carlson or doing on MSNBC. The most obvious fucking way. Oh my God, you're gonna promote that another fucking CEO of of, of a fucking company. Oh look, the guy from uh, Home Depot is criticizing socialism and he's praising capitalism and he's talking about like whatever he heat he's trying to fucking get it's so fucking simple the george the george santos thing is like they took a they took like instead of now having one scandal about lying about your mother dying on 9-11 or being jewish or being gay whatever like those would be separate scandals all through like scattered throughout the years in the 2000s and the late 90s it's like now they're like okay how about we make a super scandal and and, and have a bunch of stuff so it makes it look like it's way more chaotic even though everyone literally in the fucking system is probably they all have faulty past or their fucking their origins not the fucking one they're advertising and I'm not supposed to fucking question anything Like, even, even with, like, you know, more, more flight, like, like, oh, look, with the call, like, the situation to uh, prove that, um, like, the situation to prove that fucking, you know, United, uh, Southwest is a fucking stupid fucking, you know, uh, company, they're a greedy fucking company and all that. They needed a fucking big-ass fucking sports entertainment scandal where it makes money from coverage and all that kind of shit. They wouldn't want you to fucking know that because even though you're like doing good work by highlighting their corruption that goes on all that, it's like you could have just highlighted the corruption, but it's like you needed another fucking viral fucking moment for something to go down where you're putting people's lives at fucking risk and it serves for entertainment online.
I don't know. He just gets, I don't know, he just gets really, you know. It's, it's like, what, what world am I fucking living in? What do I have to look forward to? Not only am I already fucking fucked up from the accumulated secretive nature that goes on in my fucking life that I have no fucking clue about. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm maybe because I'm so vocal about stuff that I can't be in the fucking know about certain fucking things about where the world is fucking going. So I have to fucking come and speculate. And while I'm speculating, I might be hitting a fucking nerve, which is why they fucking want to send random fucking people from the past, whether it be on Periscope or other people, to fucking, you know, incorporate themselves into my life because the powers that be need people to, like, kind of rein me back. And if I don't get reined back, then I don't get the attention. That's fine. But you're not going to fucking place people in my fucking life to do that. You know what I mean? I don't... Again, it's like they want you... It's like they're so beholden to their entertainment that they would compromise how to fucking even investigate a fucking story. And then they get fucking mad that people are criticizing how it fucking goes. Everyone covers it like sports entertainment. I'm sorry, it is. That's what it is to me, sports entertainment. Oh, you f- you found fucking oh you oh let me guess you found out about Trump's tax uh, returns for what fucking six fucking year, for for the last six years is anything gonna fucking happen to the guy because it just seems like you keep dangling more fucking ways that these people are fucking corrupt while they're showing what their aspirations are they're showing how corrupt they are they're fucking leading rhetoric that's fucking very very dangerous they're propping it up like they're the fucking victims they have the control of the online narrative that they're the ones being censored while I keep seeing their fucking tweets all the fucking time dominating the algorithm and all and 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 and, and all, I, all we have to fucking counter is hypocrisy can you believe the guy that said america first has a has a lot of a, a lot of money in china like okay okay yeah he's a hypocrite great and then his base thinks because they're not getting him is that because like you know they they got nothing on him really when, in my personal opinion, they're actually fucking helping him out. I don't know. And then, and then more from the January 6th report that I don't... Like, oh, look, like, you're, you're telling us more shit that fucking happened where, like... Like, it feels like if, like, because, like, the narrative is that the, you know, for the Twitter files, right? The fucking narrative now is that it means that what they call that um, they meddled in the election. So they already think that, like, you know, that, that, that they're very much cheated. And because, like, now some people are fucking going with the, you know, the notion of, oh, the, that they, they didn't believe the election was stolen and all that. I think that's um, just covering their fucking ass. I I think it's, like, I think if, like, if they're making it look like, you know, Trump's the one that's being the fucking victim and he's the guy that's being a victim of a witch hunt, they'll probably end up fucking revealing, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but with the way that it's supposed to go to the right-wing trajectory, and they're trying to, and and the next time, what the call, like, you know, they want to do whatever the fuck they want to fucking do, um, like, this time they'll fucking feel like they have even more just cause because they will think that they fucking beat the biggest fucking scandal of being fucking, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, of, of, of being fucking, you know, labeled extremists and all that kind of stuff, labeled terrorists and all that type of shit. 
Even even that's why they have the whole Ray Epps thing. Apparently, like they they have they have him admitting that he kind of or- helped organize it, but he's like another fucking character that the right wing is propping up. Even though like it's coming out that he also had affiliation with the Oath Keepers, so even he, he, so people are like he's an, he's an informant for the FBI, whatever, and all that kind of shit. And he helped organize it. But that would also then mean to me that the fucking FBI would fucking be in on it with fucking Trump. It's that this is what happens when you pretend. And this is what happens when you fucking fake cheer on the FBI going after fucking Trump. Like, I understand you need to fucking have some type of like, oh, look, we're, 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 we're going on, we're doing something for the sake of fucking good against fucking Trump, whatever, and all that. But then it, it it makes people, it makes like these post-left fucking people then go, oh, look, they're cheering on the FBI. So that must mean that Trump is completely fucking innocent in everything that he's doing. Not cheering, people are not cheering on the FBI, but the fucking thing is that there are some people that are. And the thing is, it's like that's to keep your guard down because now you think that people are actually going after Trump when in actuality they're just telling you what he's guilty of in some fucking way. And then you know it'll it'll it'll, it'll be it'll probably be revealed that he's actually you know like the FBI and all the people or there's a portion of them within their own factions and all that that are actually with them and are, are going to help them accomplish and their people what they want to fucking accomplish. I don't want that to fucking happen, but that's you know. You know I don't know. I don't know, man. Like the so some of these people in the you know the alt media and all that, like they'll like 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 you know they'll tell how the mainstream media is lying and that's how they fucking base their whole fucking thing on. They'll promote doctors that got fucking quote unquote fired or censored, but then they don't disclose what like other fucked up shit these doctors were involved with that are also suspect. That have, you know, suspect connections to other fucking suspect type of fucking... I, I can't keep up with who's who because it seems like everyone seems to have, like, a faulty fucking past that automatically discredits them as well. But then it's funny how the truth tellers on alt media don't fucking tell you, like, that kind of shit. And they're controlling that fucking narrative while you go, oh, well, the fucking left or how they have, oh, look... Mark Meadows burnt documents and he has some QAnon communication with QAnon. The communication director says, oh, that uh, that people know that Trump fucking lost. Hannity is like, you know, people are turning on Hannity. It, it doesn't fucking really matter, man. Like, all, all this wasted fucking time to make money off the coverage of this shit. And what what's it going to lead to? Another fucking insurrection? And this time it'll be a lot more fucking dangerous? That's like, that's my fucking fear. I don't, I don't know if that's true or not. Anything that I fucking say on these podcasts, I don't know if it's true or not. You know what I mean? Like, you keep telling us how evil all these fucking people are. But then if I question that there's more to it that's going on, 
Oh, no, that's too conspiratorial for me. Go ahead. Play catch up with me. Like, you know, the, the, now all of a sudden there's a fucking, um, uh, uh, this could have been put out there a long time ago. They probably had this a long time ago, but they need to milk the controversy and the misconceptions and the misleading and the, the other fucking narratives for everyone to fucking prosper off this. But then there's a, uh, I don't know if he admitted it or what or whatnot, but like, they could have fucking, like, literally played this at any fucking time to fucking set the record straight because he called, what do you say? Hold on a second, let me see. They leaked Tory phone calls from jail to Kelsey after the shooting. This is definitely why the jury unanimously, unanimously found him guilty. Hello. See, even the even that the they they have the even the, they couldn't just go. Oh, this is like for the right reasons. Even the people that are fucking you know promoting, you have to like then put their this is this has been this part of the fucking uh, controversy has been brought to you by whatever you know what I mean. Like like I I can just see how they. Or, I'm not saying that like the shooting didn't really fucking happen or anything like that like it happened. But if these people are not playing by regular fucking rules, you know that this is like the whole entire storyline was orchestrated. It even puts Megan and uh, it puts Megan. And even if, like, there's something faulty that, like, people go against her for, it, like, even if they're promoting her as, like, a superhero and all that type of shit after the fucking fact, you know what I mean? Like, it still leads to more fucking hatred for her because she then, because when you, even though you went through something traumatic and all that kind of shit... It's it's ten times worse with celebrities in the in the manner that like the, like imagine being getting shot but then knowing that you're gonna have to be fucking shot and be used as a fucking prop and then Tory Lanez has to be the fucking villain in in, in this as well even though he did what he fucking did but like he's uh, initiated into doing it and it's like designed to uh, create more fucking money it'll be the inspiration for more documentaries they'll milk the fucking shit out of this this could have been this could have been brought out fucking earlier on. And what the call people would have been like, okay, well, I guess it's a, it's a done fucking deal. They purposely mislead you and purposely make it a fucking, you know, twi- make it a fucking, uh, make it a fucking mystery. Should I say glass onion fucking mystery? Because, you know, that's the most relevant one. I need to fucking incorporate more fucking fresh pop culture references. Otherwise, it's just 90210 or Sopranos. I'm outside the hospital. Wait. What hospital are you at? Uh, I don't know. Um, let me see. Cedar, something like that. Cedar. Yo, yo, bro. Hmm? I know she probably never ever gonna talk to me ever again, but, bro, I just want you to know, bro. I was just so fucking drunk, nigga. I didn't even know what the fuck was going on, bro. That ass. I didn't even know what the fuck was going on, bro. Like that ass, nigga. I never do some shit like that, bro. Just a, a nigga. I was so fucking drunk, nigga. I just didn't even understand what the fuck was going on, bro. Like, so I 
So, so in a way, by saying like, "Oh, like I, I, you know, that, that, that never really fucking happens," and all that kind of stuff, whatever. And, and but like, there's truth to say that he doesn't know what's really going on because when you are literally, you know, being put upon this fucking reality show storyline for the masses, while the police, what fucking really kills it is like even if they left it with the entertainment fucking people, that'd be one thing. But then when it seeps into the fucking quote unquote political commentary. From um from from different fucking platforms, it's like you're trying to sell that like you're telling the truth, but then you're covering this fucking shit in a half-ass fucking way. Stop pretending like these fucking celebrities are living by the same fucking rules as everyone else. No matter how fucking you want to make it fucking more relatable and all that kind of shit to people, it, it gets really really fucking disgusting. You know what I mean? Um. Yeah, and then, and then, and then, and then, and now the, the, the leading with more of the Jericho stuff by saying that he's one, him and other top guys don't want Punk back, right? So now you're like, oh, look, uh, what, what other top guys don't want Punk back? So I guess that's going to be their way of getting people to turn on them online because if you're against Punk to a certain uh, contingent online, they're going to fucking uh, uh, hate the living shit out of you for it. But Jericho's definitely doing this on fucking purpose to make it known. You know what I mean? They're making it known more that this is, like, going to lead into a work. Even if it doesn't go into a direct fucking work. There's going to be, this gonna be the, 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 the fucking, you know, the inspiration for a lot of documentaries, shoot interviews. People are already getting paid fucking dividends with the coverage of this fucking story, with the fucking social media buzz, the fucking views. You get fucking profit off of that. Different. It doesn't mean that the same fucking people, but the same fucking system, the same people within it are making a lot of money by fucking, you know, by, by this constantly being uh, something that's fucking getting engagement online. But then that's the point of how to, how to make fucking, you know, the social media currency by, you know, by it always being amplified over there. It, it, it's not just random fucking shit gets fucking, you know, catches traction. It's like stuff, to me at least, is like, you know, to me it feels like that, that it's by fucking design to do that. And our world is ten times more fucking organized. The reason why they don't want you to fucking know that, even the do-gooders even don't want you to know that, even though they'll call out certain types of co- corruption and all that kind of shit. They don't want you to know that because this whole thing could be prevented. But they want it to keep fucking going. They want to fucking play with people's emotions and all that type of shit. By the way, what they called uh, Don Don Callis, uh, uh, not Don Callis. What the fuck am I talking about? Don West passed away, unfortunately. The guy was, uh, you know, I, I there's like several things that I attached to whenever I hear Don West is like when I first started watching Impact, I didn't really fucking, you know, I, I didn't really fucking think that he was all that great, but I enjoyed his enthusiasm. Like there was one time where, like, I guess some I forget who did it. Someone did, did, like, an obvious move that would be standard for a pro wrestler that got the win, and he just goes, academic. You know what I mean? That was, like, one of my first introductions to the fucking guy. And then I, I, remember, I remember his heel turn, because it was one of the more awkward fucking heel turns on the fucking planet. You know what I mean? Like, even though he's not the best fucking, he wasn't the best fucking, you know, actor or whatever, I like people that put, put, 
put all they can into, like, doing it. Like, that's why I, I was like when Jeff Hardy tries to, like, like, you know, like, like, do what they ask him to do with, like, trying to overact because he, he puts his enthusiasm into it. You know what I mean? Like, even if it's not great, but the fact that he's into it makes it a little bit more tolerable in an entertaining fucking way. Um, let me see, hold on. Big dialing, people, big dialing. Uh, hold on. This is it right here. This is a Don West's heel turn. Moments ago, as we saw, TNA founder Jeff Jarrett did it. He used his power. He stepped up to the plate later tonight here on Impact. It's the contract signing for the match that we all want to see. Sting, Kurt Angle at Destination X. That's because of one man. That's because of Jeff Jarrett. Mike, why you're in ass kissing mode? Why don't you uh, kiss Sting's ass as well? Excuse me? You heard me. <laughs> Excuse me? Why don't you go in the back, man? Ask Sting to pull his pants down and plant one on him too. What the hell are you talking about? Oh man, don't act stupid. You know what this is about. You know exactly what this is about. I don't know what this is about. You, you want to educate me? You want it right here? I'll be more than happy to educate. You. <laughs> I'll educate you, and I'll educate everybody else here. There's something needs to be said. I'll tell you, Mike, you and I have been best friends for almost seven years. We've done everything together. We've called every single match in TNA. I've been to your house. You've been to my house several times. Mike Tanae's facial reaction is what so wives are best friends. Hey, Don, what's this all about? Let me finish, <laughs> please. Let me finish. A few days ago... TNA management held some meetings, folks. And one of the many topics of those meetings was, was my future here at this announce table. And Mike, today, I heard you were at that meeting. Says who? Just let me finish. You were at that meeting, and you said nothing in my defense. When your best friend's topic came up, you had nothing to say. You were neutral. Neutral. You wouldn't pick a side. I'm going to tell you something, people. You put this man on a pedestal. You do. You put him here. <laughs> you put him here. When I found out about this man, you're nothing but a selfish prick. You could have done the right thing, but you didn't have the balls. And I'll tell you something. I don't know what, what my future holds. But I know one thing. Now, you know what? I know two things. Number one, our friendship never be the same. And number two, you can take this microphone and shove it up your ass. A heel turn to get a lot of cheers, you know. That always fucking cracks me up. But then, you know, um, 
I, I, again, I, I know Anthony Camilla is a fucking piece of shit, right? You know what I mean? Like that guy from Opie and Anthony. But, you know, I, I'll, I'll always give him fucking credit for his, uh, his, uh, you know, his, uh, Don West impression. Um, hold on. This is a more famous one that they fucking did of like um he did an impression of Don West selling wrestling doll because I guess Anthony used to do impressions of him even before he went to Impact because they, because he knew him for um because a lot even Vince Russo what the call like said they um when they I I think it was one time he, I'm pretty sure it was Vince Russo when they'd go back to the hotel after WCW. They would put it on this cha- shopping channel. They'd see him, and they thought that he would be a fucking you know a good voice to get for wrestling and all that kind of shit. So he already had like fucking you know um, people's ears before. You know what I mean? Because Anthony, the whole I, I know the whole compilation of like before he went to Impact, whatever. That there is like you know, uh, ba- like the impressions are based off of what he did in the shopping channel, whatever the fucking channel he was on. But this is like the wrestling one. Like everything. So hold on a second. I I fucked up the recording. What's it called? I'm I'm trying to um hold on one second. I'm trying to hold on one second. One second. I'm trying I'm trying to because again, what's called like the, the the language on some of the impressions is not like you know, even though he's doing an impression of like Don West. I guess, I don't know if Don West ever used like the gay slur or whatever and all that. But I guess because Don West is like that kind of alpha male guy that he's doing an impression of that. So I'm trying to like avoid like that fucking part of it. You know what I mean? But the other part of it is actually fucking funny. I just think when you go to the you know it's it's like oh I'm trying to be shocking and edgy or whatever and all that type of shit. You know what I mean? And hold on. Now let's open it up. Check it out. <laughs> it's another unknown wrestler. Another has been. Big Boss Man comes with exploding heart. His heart explodes. Quite the action figure or doll, depending on how fairy like you are. The British Bulldog, his heart explodes too. Be dialing, people. Be dialing. 911 for the action figure. Comes with a flatline EK. You, you you don't really appreciate the impression if you don't see Don West actually doing this shit on the shopping on the, on the stuff they used to do. I I never heard him say big dialing before. I only knew him from the Impact whatever, whatever uh, the Impact uh, wrestling shit, whatever. Uh, and then I didn't know that he actually was like a shopping channel guy. But then when you see him actually doing the shopping channel shit, this is exactly how he actually fucking sounds. And I like, oh god, this impression is actually pretty fucking good. <laughs> Get yeah. the Macho Man in a Bronco. <laughs> macho Man in a Bronco. Whiskey bottle included in this one, people. Tree sold separately. But we're going to throw it in if you buy it on Flex Pay. <laughs> Maniacal Chris Benoit. Maniacal Chris Benoit. Maniacal Chris Benoit. And his dead family. <laughs> buy it now, people. This isn't going to last just like his family. It's a three-pack, still in the box, the wooden ones that they were buried in. Be dialing the SWAT team. Get the Pat Patterson and the Ring Boy doll with working genitalia, articulated genitalia. And look, his hand fits right on the ass and locks in. Locks into his ass. Pat Patterson. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's like... Like, you know, like, you know, the, the lasting memories of fucking Don West, whatever, like, the impression of him from, you know, Anthony Cumia, even though that guy's, uh, you know, 
a scumbag. But I mean, listen, man. He, he, at one at one time, what's it called? He was. Uh, I I I I always say that, and I, and I can fully admit it. That I, I think in in some fucking ways he's actually a lot funnier than Howard in some ways. It's just too bad that a lot of the fucking talented, fucking funny people end up becoming racist pieces of shit. You know what I mean? Supporting some of the worst fucking shit on the fucking planet, but but yeah, no, it's uh, you know. Let me see what else. I don't know. But yeah, it sucks when he's gone, man. I, I, I don't even know the fucking cause. I don't think it's been released yet. Unless I don't fucking know, whatever, you know. That's why I always gotta hope that, you know, when you fucking die, that, you know, people, you know, uh, maybe get... Because it's scary to know that nothing happens, right? So now you need coping mechanism conspiracies to keep my fucking, you know, for, for, for me at least to, to adjust so I don't fucking break down and fucking cry and sob every fucking ten minutes. I just hate my fucking, you know. I don't know. I just, I have no idea what I'm going to fucking do anymore, really. Everything's becoming depressing. And then you have, like, non-stop fucking trolls that are coming at you as well, time to time, right? People coming back. Like, that's what I was trying to say earlier, like, in the podcast. Like, you know, that I, I don't want anyone from the story. Because now I'm getting nervous about people coming to me, asking me about fucking, sh- about, about Shuli. Because I really don't want, you know what I mean? Because, again, if, if, if I keep saying, like, oh, I don't want to talk to these guys... They'll take your fuck. These, these guys take your fuck. It's like you know, it's like a mafia, and if you ref- like, you know, like you know, when Ralphie refuses a drink with Tony, you know what I mean? It's it's kind of that t- type of same fucking energy, where like, oh look, this guy's not gonna come on my fucking podcast, even though they're trying to open me up to getting more ridiculed by because the Stern fans can't fucking admit they listen to my podcast. Or that, you know, that, or that I'm, 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 like, not... Because, again, whenever anyone from the Stern Show does a podcast and there's Stern Show-related stuff I'm with it, then people are like, oh, look, you can't get past the Stern Show. But then when I'm doing other shit and analyzing shit my own fucking way, that's a no-fucking-go. No, a no so the only way for the Stern fucking fans to embrace me is I have to be on Stern-related fucking shit all the fucking time. And and because the, the, the aesthetic of what what I was 10 years ago is still fucking around now. They need that, uh, they need that to basically use that against me so that people can then start ridiculing me. But I, I but, but again, people think that I, I, I would like throw, I would throw caution to the air and go, oh my God, I'm not gonna, I can be irrelevant for a bit. I can get some relevancy out of this. I, don't, I, I really don't care about relevancy. 
I, I, I really don't. If it fucking happens, it happens. But I'm not going to do it fucking, you know, um, going with people that are designed to fucking be rep- re- representations of the fucking system. That's why I'm picky with who I even fucking collaborate with on some fucking level. Like, I'll have a guest on here and there, but I don't fucking want to, um, I, I, I don't want to fucking, you know, uh, have people from my fucking life who are literally trying to fucking, you know, who get mad that anyone recognizes me. Because my life is supposed to be complete fucking utter shit. I'm not supposed to have any type of fucking, you know, a good feeling at all. And when I have a good feeling, people around me get fucking really fucking pissed off about that. It's, it's, it's like one of the most disturbing fucking things on the planet. Just like, and, 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 then, and, then, you, and then you wonder why I don't want to fucking be on this fucking planet. They'll still keep me on here for some odd reason. Um, I, I don't know. I need to fucking just leave this fucking planet for good, really, to tell you the truth. I, I really wish I could. It just, it's going to get a lot worse. The way that stuff is being covered is being covered like a fucking parody. It's not, it's not even like, it's like, it's, it's all done for, you know, a dopamine rush and all that kind of shit. When you know that, you know, you, oh, look, you, you, the system pays you to fucking dunk on their problematic fucking people, but what's being fucking solved? What? More, more for your fucking brand to, what, get more fucking media gigs because you went viral online and all that kind of shit? I don't fucking care, man. I don't know. But now you I, again, and don't and don't ever fucking complain about cancel culture fucking existing because it does not fucking exist. Before you approach me at like a fucking you know a gathering or something like that, talking about Andrew Tate. Oh my god, can you believe they're canceling him and all that type of shit? Stop fucking pretending it isn't a fucking marketing tool. Everything, like, everything is for fucking sale. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, like, just because you, people online pretend that they wouldn't go that route because, oh my god, that's not what moral people do. But don't think that fucking people in the system are more moral. Just because what they do a couple of fucking good things. They show you to do a couple of fucking good things. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. And I'll, I'll come back with the dynamite recap. Back in one second. A lot of people wanna know what you doing on our show when you haven't been relevant since 2004. Spending my days working hard on the go. Yo, it's platinum on the mic, going hard on these hoes. Hey, double J, you a double A, ho. Really thinking you could be the claim? No, not to have you tapping like a Morse code. I stay scheming like I'm global force. Gold, you're a carny, ripping people off every minute. Is that is off, miss I this it, is it the king of the mountain for this ass whooping? The last outlaws, last match, last booking. Slap you so hard till my palms hurt. You're the worst Jeffrey since Dahmer. Feeling upwards is just your way of life. And you stealing money like it's Kurt Angle's wife. R-A-S-S-L-E wrestler. Couldn't draw a dime in my time, you a bastard. You're a carny, Jeff. 
rap, you're the master. The acclaim, we always get the last word. I pimp slap you, turn your hat backwards. I'ma have you seeing stars like a password. Still here in 2020, what? That is absurd. Got me laughing at you so hard, make my abs hurt. Wait, what do we have here? This Ring of Honor's top guy from their bad years. Jay Lethal's only known for imitating dude. 20-year veteran and no one's imitating you. Lost the flair, he was 74. By the way, Jay, my elbow is better than yours. I got over, I ain't have to copy macho. When I'm on the top rope, you're in TNA so long. You got Stockholm Syndrome, split you like a wishbone. Jared, I'ma slap these nuts on your chin bone. Carry the guitar, can't play one lick. Only thing that you stroke is your little ass. R-A-S-S-L-E, Rassler. Couldn't draw a dime in my time, you a bastard. You're a carny, Jeff, you're the master. The acclaim, we always get the last word. Okay, so I don't think this episode was the most noteworthy episode, but there was still some stall stuff on the show, whether the matches were good, but it was mostly matches, but still they carried some angle forward and they had some good character work. It's good to mix it up that way because some weeks you can have like epic promos, but then there are episodes where you can get matches done and still have amazing character work being done and the story's advancing by what the repercussions will be from the winners and some of the losers, I guess, if that makes sense. It felt like the promos were mostly backstage and they're just simple ones preparing you for the new year and the new set coming out. I assumed they were going with the Elite and Death Triangle main event this week. And since it's Falls Count Anywhere match, I assume they would find a gimmick way for the set to be fucked up. So you have no choice but to do a new set. Like, they would normally do that when, like, SmackDown was getting a new set when Rhino Gord Jericho through the SmackDown set. You know what I mean? When Nitro was going through its change, um, you could change its set back in 99. They destroyed it. I, I think that Nitro, the last Nitro, with that old design was in Toronto in the March of 99, if I'm not mistaken. But they had, you know, but but they didn't do it that way. But they had the TD title actually main event. I, I looked at time to time, they'll do let different uh, titles main event the program. You know, I mean, I looked at they have made a, a feud between Joe and Warlow that has kind of picked up. Like, it's kind of picked up, even if it was not the most appealing way to get there with how, it, how they spaced it out. But the promo before the match was actually pretty good. A, a, a good way for Joe to justify, what, like, you know, um... To justify, like, the promo that Joe cut, they showed a promo package where he basically tried to, like, you know, uh, scrap up some of the stuff that you've been given and kind of justify it where it kind of comes off better, basically. Plus, you had an attack angle before the match, you know what I mean? Which then let Wardlow find a way to look like um, like he has been overcoming something, and it's forced him to look, you know, vulnerable. And still nail some of the impressive moves out of desperation. You know what I mean? I'll get into that later. But the main event was good. It was a good match but and a, a good angle. Plus, you have another angle going on as well, which I do have concern about because it involves Darby. It makes me wonder if Darby, a portion of this feud, is going to be scattered. But, you know, who knows? But the trios match, uh, the trios matches are, you know, to me, waning thin. Like, it's still a quality. It picked up toward, like, in the middle. And and toward and toward the middle and the end, but when these guys have done like every fucking sequence that's ever been that's ever existed, when the rivalry has already been done so much, like it's been done too much, right? The last couple of years, and the whole ideal, the, the whole ideal of the, of like you know the the ideals of the internet designed to like hate you is like also kind of part of it as well. Like, I just want the series to kind of be over. Like I'm not saying I'm not enjoying the quality. 
But I feel like when you train people with the 80 million spots, it feels random when the matches are, like, a bit fucking slowed down a bit. But, they, but it's like they're already exhausted uh, some, some of the more compelling um, uh, amounts of the fucking story, in my personal opinion. I would have actually wanted the series not to go a full fucking seven. That would have been fine, but if 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 it didn't, you know, I know people would, would then goof on it, uh, on it uh, ending abruptly, but it would actually make that triangle look like they're more credible if they did that. You know, if they ended it early, I keep hoping that people interfere in the last match to help that triangle win. Like if Cole shows up, that would be amazing. But you know, that's good. That's gonna happen in the LA show because Omega is gonna be in New Japan next week. There are backstage promos on Jericho Stark to set up their match. It felt like they, 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 they filmed last week. I wouldn't expect them to come back for this week for a minimal promo during the holidays. But we got Swerve uh, setting up a match with Yuta on Rampage. We had the Acclaim music video. The bars were pretty fucking good. It makes the feud seem a little bit more interesting, especially if Karen, Karen Jarrett is getting riled up online because she's a good heel. I don't know people don't, <clears throat> people don't want to admit that Karen and uh, Jeff Jarrett are like, 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 even though they're not, they're not appealing, but, but like for the slot that they're in, like, you know what I mean? Like, I think they're fucking fine. And if you can get extra heat on a fucking like lower, like a mid card angle or something like that, like, you know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's fine for me, I guess. You know what I mean? It's a good way to get shit heated in a tag feud. I have no problem with how they've been using Jared, you know, but at least let's claim get over more and, you know, by appealing to the online fans who hate that Jarrett's around, you know what I mean? There's a promo, there's a promo um, uh, backstage of Orange Cassie setting up a match with Trent because it fits his character uh, and, how, and how it got done, but I still think that, you know, Orange Cassie has um, had, like, very notable title defenses and has made the All-Atlantic run seem, you know, you know uh, a lot more fun than, you know, than, than, uh, than, you know, the previous reign that, you know, you didn't really see a champion as much, whatever. I, I assume that whenever, like, you, uh, when uh, you have a title that's supposed to be defended outside this company, I thought, like, when anyone who has this title will automatically then, you know, I thought Orange Cassidy would be wrestling more outside the company or something like that, but it's actually good to have him fucking defend the title. You know, you know he's had solid title defenses, I, I think, you know. Did a Hangman promo about not being cleared... But I think Dark Order made the situation any more credible by jokingly lying about someone else wrestling like Heyman wouldn't find out later or whatever. But um, I'm, I'm liking the direction in which Mox and Claudio uh, are going, at least, and how they're showing more of a heel side. And what I like about it is that they want people to give them a fight since they, you know, give the warning about, you know, bringing out the fight. And when the talent they're against are showing more of a fight and are kicking out of their moveset, it's being sold like they can't believe it, so now they have to get 100 times more aggressive. And I'm thinking they're slowly going that direction, but that was one of the most compelling matches on the show, and it's making Top Flight come across more credible. I, it, it was like an incredible match to me, I guess, you know, the psychology in it. There was a good women's tag match that still kept the storyline going in some ways, but it was a quality match for the most part. I feel like the women's division, from having more matches on YouTube shows... And now having better structure the last few months, it feels like the division is really going to be something special or going to be somewhere in something special in 2023. That's the hope, at least. You know what I mean? I had the impression that I, I had that impression like this time last year because I loved the, how they paced out the TBS title tournament, basically. 
Uh, Hook is now moving on to Dynamite Squashes now. And now that he's in the storyline, he's being forced to show more emotion and aggression in squash matches. And then Angle afterwards, where he and Big Bill, a.k.a. Morrissey, faced off in tease, getting physical. People pop for it. This could have been like the... This could, have been, this could be the perfect feud for Hook. The, the FTW title needs one of those Sabu Taz feuds, basically. And I guess the best way to do it would be Hook versus Big Bill to see how impressive Hook can be with that, you know what I mean? He really has, like, a Goldberg-like vibe to him, but, like, you know, a smaller version of him, you know what I mean? I know he's not his size, but it feels like there's so much more upside to him now, you know what I mean? And, I, and I'm and I was worried about the momentum being dropped when they did that Dan Housen shit because it wasn't working, in my personal opinion. But since winning the FDW title, he's been, you know, getting challenged a bit more, and him now doing his squashes on Dynamite is now bringing new life to him, and uh, I'm, I'm loving the storyline. But the show opened up with Brian versus Ethan. It was a very good match, but this is what I expected. I knew Brian was winning, but Ethan does a good job of getting me to think that he'll get a big win by having his promos have such so, so much venom to them, and then he always ends up losing. You know what I mean? But I guess that's like that, that's supposed to be his role for now. I guess I hope that he won't be. It won't be that case forever. But MJF didn't get involved physically. I think they're still kind of slow playing the MJF and Brian thing where they're giving drops. Uh, of their like you know giving like you know little drops of their promo giving drops of them uh, of of them addressing each other in their promos, but not a real full out promo war just yet. You know what I mean? They're making you anticipate a promo war. But MJF was present for the match and he got the mic to talk a little bit of shit. I thought he was going to keep doing it, but he kept it minimal. But the match was uh uh was really good. I think he called him brain damaged Brian. He called him brain damaged Brian or something like that. Um. I, I don't know when they'll announce the the match between MJF and Brian, but if they can manage to extend this and stretch it out to the pay-per-view, that will impress me. Not that doing the match before would hurt it, but maybe not a week before the pay-per-view, like, you know, Mox and Punk one. But this is still kind of a solid match. I like that Brian got Stokely, uh, got to Stokely so much that Stokely had to come out wear a hat. Like, that's the kind of wrestling psychology that I fucking live for, you know what I mean? I like that simple shit like that. Like, insulting this company in promos end up playing psychological damage to some of the performers where it kind of affects them. Stokely played it perfect. Some, some also like that, you know, really it really added to the match for me, I thought. I did like that Ethan didn't like that MGF got involved with the mic. I don't know if they're, they're still in cahoots or not, but they're still making it look like they have problems with each other. But that was a good, but this was a good opening match. I'll admit, I did want uh, some big promo from MJF live, whatever, but that's part of the heel, but this is this is part of the heel championship that he's doing, where now we have to anticipate the promo wars, but they're still letting us know they're going to get involved some in some way. I like the storyline, and I actually like that Regal, the Regal thing is still a factor, despite, you know, leaving the company. I know it, it, it came up a little, like, they came up with the, the most random thing, just to justify why Regal did what he did. But because, you know, people leaving the company is planned out, it was like this was, like, designed to be the plan anyways. It seems ridiculous, but leaders in these institutions literally put you through, like, 80 million fucking tests. I know most people will pretend that shit doesn't fucking exist, but, you know, it, it's kind of like the George Bluth, you know, the George Bluth uh, type of deal. Remember when he kept teaching his kids a fucking lesson and... That, you know, he has to keep fucking doing it over and over again and it gets more ridiculous. Like, that's how fucking, you know, some of these people fucking react. That's why, like, the stuff like fucking Punk, like that show Punked, whatever, um, that used to come on. 
Like, I'm sure that kind of shit went on before they even made a fucking show about it, but now it's like an official version of the fucking, you know, the Illuminati fucking with you or some shit like that. Putting it through a million fucking tests. So MJF shows, um, it's called Brain Damage Brian, and he shows off about finding the only chick in Colorado that's hot. He's sitting in, sitting in a suite. The chick kind of looked like Shotzi with, like, this black hair. I thought a new crossover happened, but it was not her. But anyway, he kept, he kept, he, he keeps being, uh, being annoying during the match when Brian gets attacked and distracted. He didn't seem to approve of MJF, but he maintains control. He gets a shoulder block, a scoop slam. The crowd getting behind Brian. He backflips over Ethan, gets that running elbow strike, gets a Charles roundhouse kick that goes back and forth for a while until Brian wins the advantage and fires off kicks. Brian tries to go for the surfboard, but he grabs his nose, but he settles for just stomping on his, like, you know, hamstrings, I guess, and stomps on the Achilles. Ethan gets the advantage for a bit. He does a, does a very vicious scoop slam. It's like, it's like they're doing, at this point, they're like doing a move slowly and just taking the crowd reacting, which is a good touch. It was, it was easy for me to recap for a bit. But Ethan tries for a superplex. Brian ends up knocking him off the, and getting a missile dropkick. Stokely gets on the apron, talks shit. Brian uh, t- tips his cap off. Ethan avoids knocking Stokely off, but he gets rocked with the knee and Brian Tope is onto him. Um... And then Brian is preoccupied with uh, getting in Stokely's face that it allows Ethan to hit him with a, uh, with a pump kick off the apron before picture-in-picture. Picture. Stokely was poking fun at uh, Brian. They, they come back, Ethan's out of control. They show MJF still watching. Brian ends up getting a German to buy him some time to recover. They both trade strikes. Brian uh, dropped toehold Ethan to the corner. More kicks and strikes, and then a super run off the top. Brian misses the last roundhouse kick that he normally does, but he still lures Ethan out of the ring, you know, low bridges him. Drop kicks through through it. Ethan got pushed out of the way by Stokely to avoid a, a diving knee from Brian to the outside. Ethan shoves Brian into the steps. Then a really nasty power slam after he launches off the bottom rope for a cutter, and he mounts him with punches. Brian ends up uh, trying, to, trying for the stomps, but Ethan, you know, up kicks and gets his own. Brian does a desperation counter with a D. I, I could have sworn the DT. I just, I just, if I'm not sure, I just add the move that I think that kind of fucking happened. You know what I mean? Who's gonna fucking double check for me? Um, but then, uh, then Brian progresses to the label lock. Ethan prevents it from, um, um, from, um, from him doing the move from the, from the top. Um, but anyway, yeah, Ethan goes to the fucking ropes basically. But Ethan prevents him from doing a move from the top. Trying to do the avalanche power slam, but Brian does the hammer and anvil elbow. But Ethan still had a, um has him for his shoulder, um for the fucking super power slam that he did for a near fall. Ethan goes for the eagles as Brian escapes and eventually gets the Baisuku knee. Does the stomps on on the chest. He puts on, he puts on the regal stretch and he wins the match. And Brian was locking eyes on MJF during the time during that time and then afterwards too. Brian wants him down, but MJF is not gonna do it. He just kind of fucking shakes it off. I thought we should have got something, but I get what we had to fucking wait. But the match itself was really good. They gave Ethan a lot. They could have actually ended it a bit sooner. I, I don't get why you give him so much when there's never any concrete follow-up with Ethan anyways. You know what I mean? He has his own storyline going on on Dark where he's still taking Quinn's place. Like, you know what I mean? They don't seem to mention any of that on the main shows, but it feels like that that's his primary storyline. You know, time and time he shows up on the, on the Dynamite to just get a random challenge in. And when they, yeah, like, but when they need a job to someone who's a bigger babyface, he does his job on the. But he does his job on the mic very well, where you think he will get a big win, but he never really does. 
And I mean, it's a good job that he does make you think that he could win because he makes the heels pro- he makes these heel promises and speaks with conviction. You would think it, this shit's gonna happen. You know what I mean? MJF was decent. I thought he would have been more annoying during the match, but it was fine that he wasn't. Sometimes when you do that kind of live mic shit, you can speak over the commentators, and it normally does does not like does like it does not end up meshing really well. You know what I mean? Like depending on how you pace it out. But me be disappointed. But me be disappointed that we didn't get a more war war of words exchange makes me kind of anticipate it more. You know what I mean? Because I hope they do. I hope they have a good promo to let this feud like get kick into next gear. It depends on how they want to do it. You know what I mean? Where they want to have them, and 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 where they want them to wrestle on. You know, I did like that Brian did have an aggression in him uh, to get him motivated, but it was not like on the BCC level that we saw later. Even though Brian did have his moments, you know what I mean. Brian felt like it was a babyface thing, while Mox and Claudio actually came off more like heels in their match. Um, part of me feels like after the MJF Brian have their match, that's when Brian will have the odds with the other BCC members. To me, it's it's like they're kind of keeping them separate a bit, even though we know they're kind of associated. But that, but again, I can appreciate the element of them not fully diving in and they're savoring this a little bit. But it's it's best to get, but it is best to get it really started in the new year. I hope I'm not overhyping a promo exchange from them and then they let me down. Like, the Punk and MGF stuff was really compelling on the mic, so I'm hoping we can get some shit like that to really become compelling from these interactions. I'm curious of how they'll play this one out as far as pacing the match. If they if they have to give it away on television first, go ahead. Like I, I, I can see them doing a non-title match and Brian winning so it gets a shot, but it also feels like AEW always tries to find more creative ways than always committing to the typical tropes in, so, in, some, in some regard. And if they do, they know how to freshen the trope up a bit. Again, like Brian said earlier, Brian next week is doing a match with Tony Nese uh, for the, T- uh, the Seattle show is fine with me. It'll be a good match. Whenever Punk did a match with someone who was on the undercard, everyone would praise it. But for some reason, we need a fucking big pay-per-view match for when the guy is going to get be over like, like hell, regardless of who he fucking faces. And there'll most likely be an angle. So everyone you know, needs the, that instant gratification. Hangman promo where he's being checked on by the doctors and Renee wants to get a word to know where he's fe- how he's feeling. Hangman kind of snaps a bit by saying, of course she wants to know. Apologize for being rude and says it's week to week. It's not looking very promising. He has not wrestled in over two months. He's frustrated and wishes he had a good answer for everyone, but they but they don't. And Renee mentions that his interest... Um, and the next match involving Moxley, and then Hangman tries to like get up to go, and Dark Order members are trying to stop him, and this is where it kind of gets a goofy where where Silver is making up a name, like Foxley or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, like I know he's trying to like I know he's trying to do, but if you're setting up a blood feud, it's like it's, is it really wise to kind of have like this random line to intervene when it's supposed to be mega serious? You know what I mean? But I guess it fits Silver's character. You know what I mean? The Doctor tells him. They've been following. They've been following protocol. They're looking in two weeks to get him back in the ring. And Hangman's a little bit happy to hear that the doctor says they're leaning in that direction. But if he keeps trying to uh, fight Mox every week, it might not ever happen. It was decent, but they could have done this via you know promo vignette of him being at home or something. You know, what I mean, it kind of came off more like a dramatic scene in a BTE sketch, basically a little bit. I wonder if they do it in LA for their you know if they're gonna fight in LA or the angle's gonna get. Kicked up in LA or something. I don't know. 
I think it would be fine. If Heyman gets fucked up again, then you can build up more to get more aggressive where a non-sanctioned match has to take place at a pay-per-view or something. I don't know. It was a fine segment. The next match was really fucking compelling, though. If if just like BCC is going in the direction I said they would go, you know what I mean? They're showing more and more. So all the complaints from last week about how Darius was used, but it feels like they're making Top Flight more credible. Thing is, they've had Dante in the past months face off with like B, with the other BCC members and show more fight. But since he's kind of been filling time until Darius came back, it feels like when Dante was on his own, there was like no structure because they were kind of on and off with him. You know what I mean? But then the Darius is there now. It feels like them are them bringing the fight to BCC got a reaction you know out of BCC because uh, they're kicking out of stuff and it feels like even even like even with the loss this will help top flight come across more credible and I thought this was one of my favorite matches on the entire show the way Claudio sold the kick out from the neutralizer was one of the best moments in this fucking match this is um th- this one was uh more about Claudio now getting aggressive while this week uh, this week, but but before, but before, like you know, before this week, like last week, it was more about Mox's fucking character. It feels like this was a, this. It feels like it felt like for this match, Mox was kind of playing the background player a little bit. Not that he was completely forgettable or anything, but it was more about Claudio that took the lead in playing the main compelling one in this. I like how Darius and Dante getting aggressive from the start. Claudio Mox came down from the crowd crowd with that showed that they're at least trying to pass them off as baby faces still, you know what I mean? It was cool that Top Flight got uh, got to have the last entrance, you know what I mean? Because it made them feel like a bigger fucking deal. So Dante and Darius knocked their opponents off the apron and Darius uh, topes, but I think Mox kind of slams him into the into the guardrail a little bit. Claudio catches Dante's crossbody and dumps him on the guardrail. Mox has the advantage outside on uh, Darius. Claudio rips off Dante's jacket or tries to. Him and Mox are getting aggressive. Mox gets a uh, chops down. Um, and a, and a running kick, Claudio tosses Darius from a, a, a dope gut, gut wrench. He finally pulls off the jacket and does a very aggressive body slam. He gets a roundhouse kick and some knees. Mox works over him and bites him, back rates him, but Darius ends up getting a missile drop kick. Dante, uh, di- diving cross bodies onto him, insecurities on Claudio, shotgun drop kick to Mox, standing moonsault press. Dante is bringing the, um, uh, Dante is bringing the fight to him, but then Mox gets a, I think a Saido suplex or like, you know, a side side throw, I don't know what it was, they didn't identify it, hammer and anvil elbows, Darius clips Mox's knee before the break, top fight has to have control over Mox to come back, they're working on his knee, Mox blocks a suplex, does a release suplex, Mox crawls over and Claudio gets a hot tag, fires off uppercuts and Dante from pillar to post, over and over, this fell continues doing the uppercuts, he gets more and more aggressive, I mean, this is, a, this is really dope, then he gets a drop kick, to, uh, the crowd is getting amplified more than he did this, um, the crowd wants a giant swing, but Dante hangs, uh, hangs onto Darius, but then Claudio eventually gets Darius for the giant swing, and Dante just skip ropes over his brother's head, basically, Dar- Darius launches off Dante's, uh, for the tornado DET, high boots, mocks, Dante sentons onto Claudio, Claudio double suplex them to, to counter theirs. Dante with a thrust kick. Darius with a launching flatliner. Mox fights them off. They thrust kick him. Claudio high boots. Him and Dante go at a top flight assist from, um, <clears throat> like, uh, uh, D- D- Darius, uh, I think one of them fucking, uh, uh, pushed, 
uh, Claudio out of the way to catch the other, you know, from from the pop up basically. You know what I mean? And they get thrust kicks. Dante counters it being thrown out by Cla- by Claudio, but and he ends up with the tope onto Mox outside. Darius does a standing Spanish fly. Darius counters a pop up with a backslide. Claudio deals a neutralizer, and Darius kicks at the last second. Claudio's getting in the ref's face a little bit. He's frustrated. He could not put them away. Claudio hammered and uh, hammered anvil elbows. Dante's revenge didn't break it up, and Claudio kept going. Mox rocks Dante with a King Kong lariat. He hits Dante outside with the paradigm shift. Darius can barely stand since Claudio is rocking him, like, you know, really fucking hard with the strikes. He gets up, and then he strikes Claudio really hard, and then Claudio does a very, very fucking aggressive uppercut for the win. This is incredible. It's like they gave more credible, uh, it's like you, you, you're giving more credible moves for Claudio to get wins with. The giant swing is a way to end it. Now you have a very aggressive uppercut. Darius played it perfectly of being the vulnerable one. That last strike he got when he wouldn't be put away was a really good touch. I do like how Darius and Dante position each other for their moves, like throwing Dante over the opponent where Dante lands on his feet and then they execute the move. I, I never know how to fucking describe it. I, I, I know that just naming the move sounds fucking boring, but you have to go and check this shit out. This was a really compelling match. They told a good story with them working on Mox's leg. Let top flight guys get some, um, get, uh, like, they let them take the fight to, like, to the BCC. And like I said at the top, you know, I really appreciate how BCC, who always claimed they want the fight to be brought out of people, got their wish. And when Darius showed he can kick out one of Claudio's key moves, it got him to a level where he was almost snapping. And it's going to be more aggressive and blatant as it goes on. If they keep it going this way, you would think they're trying to do that. But, you know, they did let you have Claudio... They did let you have Mox and Claudio come out from the entrance. So, like, they kind of came off as good guys in that regard. But then the match happened, and it became clear that toward the end, BCC is moving in that heelish direction. I figured this week they would let Top Flight get, like, the heel heat because normally you let the heels get controlled during the picture-in-picture. But toward the end of the match, it was becoming more clear in which direction that, you know, this is kind of going in. I don't know if Mox and Claudio are going to be a tag team in this group in this group, or do they still do a trio thing with Yuta? I like this match a lot better, and I like the trios match, you know... No, I like this match better than I like the trios match. It made me anticipate what Darius and Dante are going to do next time. But their social equity equity has fucking risen to me. I hope they keep this shit going with the momentum. And I hope 2023 is a year that where Top Flight gets elevated to the next level. Like, I feel like even though Top Flight do high-flying moves in innovative ways, they've also learned how to slow down, tell stories in the ring, and use psychology. That shit stands out a lot more, you know what I mean? So it's it's like they savor the good spots to make them count. Last week was designed to make it clear Mox is on another level and wanting to be more aggressive. Now we know for sure Claudio's in that same mind state, that same direction. This is like a, again, this is really good, nothing but good thing to say about it. This is the part, the, the, the part where Dante jumped over Darius being spun around was really uh, a dope sequence. That was like a really fun one. Everyone in the crowd were into everything in this match, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I just need a good follow-up from, from, top, from top flight, basically. Um, they showed footage of the Battle Royal, and they have a segment with Kip and Orange Cassidy. They didn't mention in the last match that Darius and Dante and AR won the fucking Battle Royal, but, you know, they, showed the, they didn't show the clips of it there. Um, it was set up for a backstage segment with Orange, with Orange Cassidy and Kip, but Kip says, Slayer of regrets, old and new. Sought out by many and found found by few. I put found by new here. 
They have uh, done this for far too long. He brings up eliminating him again, and it's about time to have the final act where he peels the title from from him. And then Trent interrupts uh, Kip speaking, saying that he eliminated Kip, so by his logic, he gets a title shot. And then Ornacassi says it makes a lot of sense. Trent gets a title shot. And then Trent asks if he's sure, and Ornacassi says yes. And Kip says he's actually looking forward to this. Then he leaves, and, and uh, he leaves before Ornacassi can tell him that it's going to be on Rampage. You know what I mean? This is a fine segment. It keeps Orange Cassie's title, you know, reign interesting by getting more matches. But it's interesting to see how Trent and him will square off. If anyone, if any, if any, if any of them will take it personally, the spoilers hinted that Penelope, Penelope, my stuttering is really worse, is getting uh, Trent distracted, and there's some tension there, or something like that. But this also keeps Kip uh, out there for this feud to continue. It's not the most riveting feud on the fucking planet, but it's being structured as a fucking real feud. You know, I really do like that Kip a lot. Uh, Kip a lot more in this role. He's doing fine. You know, I'm interested in seeing how Orange Cassidy and Trent have their match. You know what I mean? I wish we knew more about that box, but uh, and what it means. But it feels like they've kind of gotten away from it. So I don't know what Kip's actual character really is now. But whenever he gets time on the mic. He ha- he has been more interesting. You know the role is a little bit better than what he was than when he, than previously playing Miro's like you know sidekick basically. That'd be a good, with this character maybe you know you can get Miro and him to fucking feud maybe I don't know. Hook versus Balaam Lynx. Uh, this was a squash was a really good one. They may have been one of the better ones I saw. I like that he's upping his game for Dynamite. The angle afterwards was really heated. Maybe look forward to how this plays out because the crowd was really into this as well. Hook drops him down and slams his head against the turnbuckle aggressively. Some very aggressive body shots, a very aggressive judo throw, and a larian. And he does another variant of a suplex. And then he those those aggressive cross face shots that he does. And then there's a red rum as he's doing some of the cross face as well. Stokely gets his attention every single week. Somebody, his dad, wants to tell tell him in the world that he's such a badass. But against them, they don't get the he doesn't get the job done. He's a southeast southwest flight of AEW basically. The good boy comes out and brawls with Lee Moriarty. The crowd is still singing his theme while this is happening. That was hilarious. Hook and Big Bill face off, and Hook is not afraid. He uh he grabs Hook by uh, uh b- um, by his throat, but Hook goes for the T bone. But Bill, Bill, uh, no, I think he's trying to go for a northern line, sorry. But Bill tries to choke slam him again, and Jungle Boy hits him with a two-by-four to prevent it over and over. People pop for this from the squash and then from the Jungle Boy coming out to make the attack. It felt like they were originally uh, squaring Lee off with Hook and Jungle Boy with Big Bill, but now I feel like people want to see Big Bill versus Hook. The conversation was fucking badass. It felt like ECW. The height, the height difference. Hook not backing down. Hook countering a choke, hinting that he can do a suplex, but Bill not allowing it. I thought we were, uh, we're gonna get like a, a big angle where Hook. I, I thought we were gonna get a big angle where Hook uh, would uh, be taken out for once because he's never had like an after angle attack where he gets dominated or whatever. But Jungle Boy saving him made people want to anticipate it more. They could do a really compelling blood feud for Hook to have this title with like either Lee Moriarty or Big Bill. He would have to lose it at least once, though, and then win it back, and then eventually retire, and then he goes on to the next level of where he's supposed to be, you know what I mean? But Hook had more emotion in him, you know, it was a really, it was a really brief segment, but to me, this, to me, came, paid off dividends to me, you know. It feels like they're figuring out what to do with the firm, uh, they're finally figuring out what to do with the firm since they've had to make it look like the plans were foiled, which is why randomness has been happening, you know what I mean? 
We'll see what happens. Give me one second. So uh, the Jericho promo, he basically um, now took the rejection personally, so now he does what every person in the system does. Now goes back to the original assessment of Starks being a flash in the pan. He says Starks turned down the opportunity of a lifetime when he turned down the Jericho Appreciation Society. It's, uh, and is appalled at the, the group um, being mocked, being called jobbers and jazz holes, and he said that's a good one. But when he when he calls Starks foolish, small, but he calls um, but he's what, uh, but what he calls smart, what he calls Starks is foolish, small-minded, and what he knew he was a flash in the pan, because Starks has the arrogance and confidence of a superstar, but he doesn't have all the tools. But Jericho does, and he's one of the greatest to ever do this, and he's gonna school him on January fourth. He's gonna take him to the top of the mountain, to the bottom of the ocean, and back. And Stars won't know what hit him. He's a wizard. He's an ocho. He's Chris Jericho, and he always wins. If he ever has any doubt then um about that, why does he go check on his buddy Action and Dreddy, who got a fireball in his face, and he and then he dresses a Dreddy. He did a great thing. He beat Chris Jericho. He tells him to enjoy it. It was a highlight of his career. He tells him to go back to the Indies and get out of his face. He tells Stars in Seattle next week he'll pay the price. I would go to Starks Pro. I'll go to Starks. I can go to Starks Pro right now since they played when they're doing the rundown of the cards. But this is a decent promo to hype me up. You know, it feels like with the way Andretti is being mentioned that he will get involved. Part of me thinks him being hit with a fireball. Maybe that made him think that he should join. Kind of like humbled him down. I don't know if he won't be crazy about that, but maybe by design that's why he's he he was chosen to be in this role anyways. But who knows, it just feels like too good to be true that someone random like this is getting picked to beat Jericho. Now it's now it's part of the Starks-Jericho storyline. And Starks also mentioned Andretti as well. Starks said he's feeling better His and his, his pal Action Andretti, who's a victim of a fireball last week. He's going to do for him what he can't do for himself, and that's get revenge. He addresses Jericho and says he appreciates the compliment. Yes, he knows he's a star, obviously. He's a star that he can't control. That's something Jericho doesn't like, and the fact that he thinks for himself Jericho is not putting an end to any Starks experiment around here. There is no experiment to be had, but on January 4th, he's going to be a master class of when he whoops his ass, a legend to legend. He has a big mouth and a bad attitude because he's the absolute Ricky Starks, and he's going to be someone who will take Jericho down a couple of notches. Why? Because he can. He does it in a very like you know like you know low tones, timid style kind of you know what I mean. But it feels by Starks assuming that Andretti can't defend himself, that would be one of the things where Andretti would take offense to that as well. The fireball seems to be a way to humble someone down basically, and they eventually give it to Jericho's help or some shit. It would be something if Andretti joins in. Eventually, Garcia helps Starks out or some shit because he's going to probably end up leaving. I feel like Starks is going to lose the next match. It won't sit well, but this will be one of those times where Stark eventually gets his revenge or some shit. But I feel like next week will be the first of the feud. I, I, I think the reactionary people who already hate Jericho um, and people who are doubters of this feud in general are not going to like it if he wins next week. It's like we will assume there's no light shining bright for this feud if that if. Jericho wins next week. And this is why it was important for Kingston to win that last one. And if they didn't drag that JAS and BCC feud, where it felt like it took steps back. But I hope this feud actually works out. I'm um, looking forward to this match, and now Starks will be able to perform in this feud. Um, like, will he be able to perform in this feud, and what will, will they allow him to... Uh, 
you know, um, allow him to say in the coming weeks during promos and, you know, to tear down Jericho's narrative and all that. You know what I mean? What would they allow him to do? Because, again, if you can have a good promo, but eventually you got to give Starks a big fucking win. And I don't know if he's going to win, like, you know, this this time. N- normally, if he does win next time, they'll still continue it. Either way, it's continuing, I think. It's a matter of, matter of how they're going to continue it. Swerve is what the mogul affiliates... Renee called what Swerve did as disgusting actions, and Swerve just laughs and says, it was beautiful work he did. He had to get rid of somebody who didn't have the same vision he had. He had to go, he, Keith Lee had to go. He had to replace him with two people who believe in his leadership. He introduces Parker that we already know. He doesn't identify the other dude, but he said, you'll know about this killer real soon. Yuta interrupts and says he's not surprised he's insulting someone who's not there to defend themselves. He thought he couldn't think lower of Swerve at fi- after final battle. And then what happened after last week, he doesn't have a problem with the violence because the BCC loves violence, but it's because he needed this band of tattoo men to, to get his point across. Swerve wants to get to the point. Yuta asks him if he wants to get violent and dirty, asking to meet him on Rampage. Uh, this is a better sports entertainment setup. You know what I mean? It's like those backstage segments are always like sports entertainment setups. But it's, it's, it's surprising Yuta is going this way. Or maybe this is just a one a one off. If he loses, does it make BCC kind of think less of him? Or or is this an excuse? Is his excuse to now kind of go more heel route as he you know and he catches up with where Mox and Claudio are mentally basically. I'm looking. For, I'm looking uh, forward to this match, and I. I did like that he had some follow up from the angle, but maybe there'll be more about this group and how dangerous they are during you know the match this this week. The results for the matches themselves were kind of vague, right? But I mean, who knows what happened? But this is a uh, this is a fine setup. I think people expect WWE level of where big promos are done in the ring for the for the follow up. I mean, you could have justified it because it was a big angle last week. And it was kind of controversial as far as the reaction going because the beatdown was, you know, uh, like not really well received, even though I like the Rick Ross segment. But this was inoffensive, but people you know, are disappointed because Swerve should be on his own. But I think it's stronger when someone who's a heel is leading their own group and have henchmen to help them. But he can still do his singles thing. You know, at the very least, you could have... Uh, at the very least, with with Parker and this next guy, you have another formidable formidable tag team in the ranks, and also a trios team for when Swerve wants to make it convenient. You know, how can anyone really get mad at that? You know, and I did I, I did like that Renee was condemning this as well. You know what I mean? The Elite versus Death Triangle. I felt this match was one of the weaker matches they did, but no, like as far as like the like the the, the beginning part, like it, it picked up toward like the middle, and and you know, but the beginning was just basic brawl shit, and I feel like some of the bumps were unnecessary. I feel like a bunch of people fulfilling their bump card expectation, uh, expectation from the wrestling Illuminati because some of the bumps on the concrete were kind of unnecessary to me. But whatever, it felt like Death Triangle were just embracing their heel shit at this point. I don't think the hammers came into play, but these matches have been quality for the most part, but this is literally being done for the sake of online discourse. People are into it in, in, in person, and it was not bad at all whatsoever. Toward, you know, toward the middle, it picked up. And I knew once they announced this fucking series, it was going to be hell online and how it's organized by the Cornet Punk FDR contingent online. I would have wanted something we didn't expect that Death Triangle would just wins or wins it early. I would have thought maybe having someone interfere so they can leak and move to another feud, maybe they would have. Uh, maybe that would have been an option. Maybe it will be in the finals. Maybe unless they want the elite to win the titles officially, and then they get another feud right away. Whether it's the BCC House of Black or maybe Adam Cole, whoever he has with them, who knows? But I'm not feeling this as as much. 
And even if it was quality, I knew these matches for, for me was going to wane down. You know, I'm already getting sick of the Wayward Sons of Song already. So let me get to it. I, I did like that they started backstage at least, but it didn't feel as interesting. You know what I mean? It could have started out more intense, but again, the match went on. It got better, but sorry, after like six of these already, I'm starting to get a little tired of it, you know. After this series is done, I don't want to see uh, either of these parties fight again for like another year. It should be longer, but I know this is impossible. So a year will feel like 10 years, but anyway, they cut to the back from, you know, talking to Taz and Excalibur, and they're already fighting, um, you know, from, you know, before the, like, you know, they cut back from the promo uh, like I think the, the the Jericho promo, and then they went to the uh, the commentary, and then all of a sudden they go, oh, let's cut to the back to the fight going on. Um, the throw each other around right now, just basic brawl shit. Penta's using a trash can against them. Feels like kind of slow. Pac does a brain buster onto Omega on the pallets backstage. That was like pretty dangerous, but it's like it was very you know, Pac climbed up the risers and prepared for a moonsault, and he did it. This was kind of, it was kind of unnecessary because I feel like, you know, you just, you, you could, I don't know. Because, like, there was, like, not much reaction unless the crowd was not mic'd properly. So, you know what I mean? It just felt like we are just watching empty, you know. Phoenix po- po- got put to a table with the dishes on them, I think. Nick uh, wheels p- uh, Pac into a super kick. Penta gets Matt with one. Nick uh, off the riser does a senton through the table for a near fall. Finally make it to the stage, at least Bucks and Penta and Pac. Phoenix is on the tunnel. Bucks do a double super kicks on those two. Um, you know, and then Phoenix does a tornillo from the tunnel right away. Omega just hits a V-trigger. Pac counters a power bomb and kicks him in the gut after struggling for a bit. He got the deadlift German, but Matt broke out of the count. Matt does a locomotion Northern Lights suplex down the ramp. Phoenix runs down to try to intercept, but um, and Matt grabs him too. And then uh, then Nick fucking dived over them onto Penta. And, and then so basically, you know what I mean? And then what they called Nick, then Matt finished his local motion thing, whatever, with the, those two, basically. They go to picture and picture. Jet Triangle has control. They come back. Omega, Pac are in the ring. Penta joins in for a double team. All of them plays a trash can over the head, do a triple drop kick. The crowd's chanting Jet Triangle. Omega gets rid of them. But then him and Pac go at it. Pac is counter his Polish, uh, his Polish hammer. Uh, Nick is getting a bunch of comic Garys and fucking knee, rising knee strikes out of nowhere. But then he gets he gets his bulldog stopped by Penta's thrust kick. Penta gets a sling blade on Nick. Matt does a destroyer on Penta. And then right away, Phoenix does a very vicious sprog splash. Omega gets like that face plant move that he does. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like slam dunk kind of. Uh, he got on Phoenix and Omega then ends it with a snap dragon on Pac. Omega um, places a trash can over his head and gets a V-trigger. Then a gut wrench into a doctor bomb. For a near fall, Penta pulls uh, Omega out from doing the one wing angel. Lucha Bro do their fear factor out um, and and uh, outside and Phoenix off the apron basically. Bucks break up the count. They do a double super kick. Phoenix kip, kips up from it like he kipped up like he avoided it. He dig went down and kipped up. Matt hoists him up to Nick, but then Phoenix does a Rana with a rolling cutter to Matt right away. Topes onto Omega. Penta does a fear factor on the apron to Nick, but Nick counters it. But Buck set up Meltzer driver when Nick does it off the apron. Pac and uh, breaks up the count. Pac tries to go for the black arrow, but he lands on his feet. But Nick throws a fucking chair at him and then throws it at Penta as well. They signal for the BTE trigger and get it, but Pac breaks up the pin. Nick super kicks him. Pac escapes something with, but Matt accidentally super kicks Nick. Pac gets him with the brutalizer. Omega does a one wing angel off the stage through the table and uh, on Phoenix. He gets a count. But Pac doesn't know doesn't know the elite one, so Matt eventually taps out after it. You know what I mean? I thought the finish was really strong, and it makes it makes Pac look credible since he didn't.
didn't really know. Fiend was a star in this match. He had so many good sequences in this shit. The the locomotion toward the fucking ring on the ramp was pretty impressive. I thought some of the the weapons kind of det- detracted from it to an extent. Although th- those chair throws from the Bucks were pretty fucking impressive. But this was a creative finish. It ended like on a real high note. It started off a bit slow, and I was not interested in like glorified hardcore matches. You know what I mean? But it picked up as it went along. I thought this was one of the weaker uh, the weaker ones of the series. Not, not not the weakest, but this is one of the weaker ones in my personal opinion. But it is what it is. I, I think the, the, the middle and the, and the last part of it fucking really saved it. You know what I mean? But at least we're getting a break. The next one will, the next one will be a ladder match on January 11th. You know, you, you know how I feel about fucking ladder matches. And already you know, a waning series and now the finale is in a match that I'm getting tired of because it's been done to death already. How many, how many more spots can you possibly have next? I know they'll surprise me. They'll have their microchip, have it enacted, and then they'll fucking just do all kinds of silly sequences. Like, you know, the, 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 the Kingsman? You know how they... You know. The acclaimed music video, I thought this was fun as hell. The visuals were really good. It normally it's the same style of visuals being done where it's clearly being shot in the same park and neighborhood they usually do that at. They had, a, they had a fat guy in a Macho Man outfit who was supposed to be Jay Lethal. There were some good bars in here, and the video got Karen Jarrett riled up, which I know for a week or so, people won't be able to tell if it's a work or a shoot. But I know if Karen gets involved, she'll be one of those polarizing heels. But if you've seen her in Jarrett's work the last couple of years and the places they've been, they've been they've, they've done a good fucking job. They, they, they feel very old-school heel. But this is a really good music video, and it had decent bars in there as well. I won't go everything over everything, obviously. Jarrett has not been relevant since 2004. The Jarrett cosplayer looks like a uh, third-rate Pete Davidson with a wig on. Uh, he said that they got a couple of... Um, that he's not just he's double J, he's a double A-hole. I put double A-hole. Uh, he says scheming like the Global Force Gold. Uh, that one was really good. He calls him a carny, and then Crasher rhymes how a carny would fucking speak, basically. That was a good touch. He says something about the last outlaw, King of the Mountain, for an ass-kicking. Jerry's the worst. Jeffrey says Dahmer. He's stealing money like he's Kurt, Ang- like, like it's Kurt Angle's wife. Couldn't draw a, dime, draw a dime on his time. He's a bastard. All through the video, they're hitting the, the Jay Lethal cosplayer with moves. I want to I I say like an elbow drop and a ukulele, I think, of... Uh, and having them see stars like a password, being around in, in uh, 2022 is absurd. He laughs so hard it makes his abs hurt, you know what I mean, like that. They, uh, you know, that Lethal's, they refer to Lethal as ROH's top star from their bad years. Lethal's known for imitating dudes, but 20-year veteran, and no one's inner, um, it, no one's imitating you, basically, you know what I mean? These are very good, like, but it hurt my soul as a Jay Lethal fan, you know what I mean? He lost to Flair at 74. Caster elbow drop was better than his. He didn't have to copy Macho, and they've been in TNA for so long that they got Stockholm Syndrome. Only thing Jarrett strokes is his dick. Um, it was pretty good. I think Jarrett and Center will have words on Rampage. They promoted that shit online. Maybe a new video where they have to get Jarrett to rap. I, but I think they should do something <clears throat> more heelish. But I think like Karen will, will probably be involved because she has a, she's a heat magnet. AEW is the right crowd for the real life heels because it's like they've been training for their for this main for, for this main company to come around where you can use the internet discourse in the current form that's surrounded them for the you know like basically against them you know 
But so far, I'm I'm not minding Jarrett running this company. Maybe he's it's okay because he will actually be putting talent over. But this was like a fun little music video. Gave a claim the edge back in this in this feud. Feels like this will be be the television unless they're expecting this to expand this for the next feud. Depends on how they fucking book this. It depends on how they pace it. But to me, the acclaimed are over for life, so they can literally take on any feud as long as they do stuff like this and are able to look credible against these guys in the ring. So this is a fun segment. It was designed to appeal to the hardcores who lived through, you know, Jared's trucking title reign. Willow and Ruby versus Anna and Ty. Um, I thought this match was a fun match. I felt like Ruby was playing it up being annoyed by Willow. But I don't know if it was supposed to be the main focal point because I had an impression that maybe Ruby will actually turn heel, but I don't think that's where they're going. They made it personal during the match, like with the opponents, and then after the match because the heels won. So I felt like maybe it was going to go... It was, I felt like maybe it was going to go to Anna, Jay, and Ruby since Anna attacked her last week. But it felt more like the dynamics of the match that Ruby and Ty were still kind of the ones feuding. And Anna might be feuding with Willow, if that makes sense. Because Anna kind of hurt her outside toward the end of the match. But I think this will continue, I'm going to assume. I think the most noteworthy thing about this match was a real-life stuff about t- t- you know Ty and Sammy being stripped of their intergender titles. Like, they could have easily saved the match for next week on, on Rampage or something. But they had a booker um, to probably... You know, they had a booker to the show to add to the tension between AAA and AEW. So there might be, there might be a working relationship between AAA and WWE. Willow has been, uh, you know, uh, Willow has a, uh, has to hold Willow Ruby back from the match starting. Willow and Ty start off. Ty taunts her by getting out of a lockup attempt. She does it, does it again, but she twerks this, this time. Willow goes for a waist lock takedown. She twerks. She does a standing switch until Willow throws her down. And, yeah, that's when she twerks. She does a double overhand chop. Ruby gets a blind tag. Ty runs out. Anna and, and Ruby uh, tie up. Ruby unloads. Ruby does a shoulder block, and it continues with the aggressive right hands. Willow's in the, the clothesline in the corner. Uh, Ruby kicks Anna's in the spine. Willow out with a scoop slam. Willow and Ruby do an assisted Casadora, do frequent tags. Willow gets a snapmare and high boot, and then a low cross body. Tay pulls off Ruby off the apron. Anna clips Willow's knee, I think. But either way, she got the advantage. The heels have the advantage during the control, during the break. They come back, Willow's fighting out what looks like a gra- uh, grounded full Nelson. Anna brings her down by her hair. Anna gets, then does a running uh, roundhouse kick for a near fall. Willow catches one of her strikes and does a lariat. Ruby catches a, um, Ruby gets a hot tag and goes for Tay aggressively. Uh, she gets non- non-stop strikes. Uh, Ruby does a terrorist to uh, Tay in the corner. Does a back heel trip to Anna. No future on Tay. Willow gives Anna a lariat and then Tay rocks her with a pump kick. Ray and, uh, um, sorry, Ruby and uh, Willow with a knee strike, roundhouse kick. Willow with the discus while Ruby does a variation of a suplex. Tay with a, um, eventually gets a, uh, a DD tie, but Willow and Anna fucking both intervene as they both landed on them. And then Willow drops Anna outside with the DET, I think. Um, but both uh, Ty and Ruby uh, do strikes, and then headbutts, they both do double headbutts, and they dropped. Willow ends up hitting her shoulder against the post. Anna brings out a chair, but then that was thwarted. Uh, the, the Aubrey grabs it, but Ty uses one behind her back and throws it at Ruby. Pump kicks in, Ruby gets the, uh, throws it at Ruby, and then gets a tight KO for the win. You know, um... 
Yeah, so then the both Anna and Ty flip off the fucking crowd. So this feels like an angle will obviously continue. I don't know if the tag team between Ruby and Willie, Willow will continue, but I, I mean, who knows? I, I enjoyed the match. Anna's getting a lot better, and I really like when uh, Ty can go in the ring, uh, you know, and actually let her fucking fight. Those headbutt spots are really solid. I felt like th- it was more evidence of Aubrey Ebert actually being in the JAS pocket. And it works, it, it doesn't, no, no, not that it works every time, but whenever she can, there are times where her oblivious nature helps the members of the JAS. I still think there's been a conspiracy for a while. If you accumulate clips, you can probably solve that shit. But I think the heels needed to win, uh, need to win this if the story continues. Because maybe with Mercedes coming in this company soon, maybe there's, will be good follow-up with some of these feuds now. You know what I mean? Hopefully there could be more women's segments on Dynamite. Like, even if you had two women matches, but, you know, they've done better the last few months, making the division seem a bit more credible. They still have Ruby, they still could have, uh, you know, Ruby go heel after this if this feud doesn't work out for them, because I could see them putting a stop to it by, uh, put a stop to it, like, like, you know, sooner or later, and then have Ruby and Willow kind of feuding. But, I mean, who knows? I thought the, I thought the blind tags at the beginning felt like they were definitely hinting at tension, you know. Willow was dope in this. There were parts in this match where it seemed like they were memorizing spots rather than letting it flow a lot more smoothly, but it was still, like, a solid match regardless. You know what I mean? Just like, the, the like, like, like you know, Ruby catching the chair. I, I, I get it because it's, it's very... You don't want to actually hurt people. I know with Matt Jackson and them throwing chairs at fucking Penta and Pac and all that, they did it full fucking speed. But, like, you know, but, but when someone's not supposed to be hit by a chair, they got to fucking be careful with how you fucking do that, you know? Guns promo where they just want to leave the building. It felt like these were filmed last week and they had to give some appearance from others on the roster in minimal ways. Who knows? But they're leaving because they have reservations and they're in, a, they're in party mode from being the best tag team. They'll address what hap- uh, what happened with FDR next week. So it's minimal if you, you know if you're if you're doing the if, if you're gonna do these though, at least show clips of the match to remind people. But it was fine. I'm looking forward to what they have to say and if they will continue the feud. I mean, they, I mean, they cheated and they're trying to end their legacy. So if it feels by the end of this, this should definitely raise gun stock a little bit more. You know, what I mean, even if they have to lose the, the to uh, FDR, they did a rundown. Jamie, uh, Jamie, you hear from Jamie Hader, Orange Cassie versus Trent Jade versus Kira Hogan for the TBS title, Swerve and Swerve and Swerve versus Yuta. And then there'll be a mock promo. They also said on social media we'll hear from Darby and Sting as well. Um, but then they also said Jeff Jarrett and uh, Sanjay Dunn in them. And then on Dynamite, the only thing they promoted was Starks versus Jericho. So after the after the uh, Brian match, there was a Joe promo and Warlow interview where Joe attacked him. So we're unsure if the match would happen in the main event. Joe goes over what the point of the partnership between him and Warlow was. He's a hunter, and by trade, he studies, but he hunts. He told everyone when he arrived in AEW who's coming for all the championships that included Warlow's. Every day, he stood side by side and stood in the trenches, and they battled like compadres. And he took his notes, and he understood what made him tick, and eventually he took what was his, and he, he's desperately tried to uh, take it back from him. He just didn't do the homework. And then he, we get Warlow's reaction to this. and says, powerful words. There have been many words tonight that would be powerful action then joe attacks him with a pipe and asks if he wants action it was it was kind of it was kind of early 90s wcw backstage assault that, that, that i kind of live for you know what i mean it was like over the top in the best way i figured maybe the match would not happen this would like allow darby to come out and challenge for it 
or some shit, but Warlow came out, and besides the and 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 besides the point in that Joe targeted the wrong leg at times during the match, this was still a fucking solid story and solid match being told. Joe has a strong strong style that he does, but Warlow having to be vulnerable. And I think over the course of the last couple of months, Warlow has missed that because when he's supposed to be vulnerable, he does find an impressive way to overcome it, right? But that has been missing, and I and I found that he had, and then I found that he had vulnerability in this match, which forced him to tell a different story. You know what I mean? But Warlow doing impressive moves out of desperation was really solid as well. And again, his insistence on going for the powerbomb symphony is kind of costing him a bit. Like the first time he did it so much, it gave Joe an opening for the triple threat to like you know basically get the win over Hobbs. And now this time he went for a second, a second one, but his leg gave out, and it feels like these losses are kind of his fault. Uh, and someone on commentary or someone in the company who gives analysis should bring that fucking shit up. Anyway, this was a you know a, a good match, and the feud feels a little bit more heated now. Plus, we got another angle after the match, so it feels like Joe has two enemies. I don't know if they're going to include both, or if they're going to try and have this happen until Warlock can come back from this loss. But I feel the feud has more legs to it now, and Joe's doing great character work. Joe introduces himself to the King of Television. Warlow suffering from a bit, bit of stage fright. He won't be out here. He was making calls to find an, find an opponent. Maybe someone from the Denver Broncos. But this place has taken enough L's this year. Eventually, Wardlow comes out. And then this uh, medical official is telling him not to. As well as the referees. But then he comes to the ring. He goes right for Joe with the shoulder. Shoulder twist in the corner. He's favoring the knee. Joe starts kicking him there. But Warlow still gets a spine buster and mounts him with the punches. Warlow has him in the second rope guillotine. He gets an STR in the corner. Joe gets chopped. Warlow fires back with the lariat. Joe ends up with an elevated knee breaker before the picture in picture. Warlow's being checked on during the break. I see Warlow going back right at him and Joe. Uh, and, and, but, uh,. But Joe may have gotten a dragon screw because Warlow was caught in the rope or something. But he goes back, goes he he goes back in, and Joe is working on his knee even more. Joe lets off chops and elbows in the in, in the inside area of the knee. Uh, Warlow headbutts him uh, off, and then the senton atomico still favoring his knee. The commentator trying to justify it because he needed to do that. Warlow gets a German with a couple a couple of times when they're going back and forth. Warlow does a whisper in the wind uh, when he scaled the ropes out of nowhere. The replay, uh, the, the replay showed uh, he jammed his knee where he landed. The crowd's like unglued. Joe ducks at the uh, the wind up lariat, gets a choke, but uh, but Warlow gets uh, um um gets out and headbutts. Then does a wind up lariat for a near fall. Joe sweeps the leg. Joe gets a nasty kick and chops. He has an evil smile and he places him on the top. But then Warlow slides through, gets a power bomb. He tries to go for the second power bomb, but his knee gives out. Joe chop blocks him um, again and applies a choke and Warlow's out. Warlow gets up and Joe looks like he's going to shake his hand, show respect, and then he clocks him with the title. He brings the toolbox under the ring. He, Joe pulls out scissors. The ref's trying to stop him. He headbutts him. Then he cuts Warlow's man bun off with scissors. The ponytail, I guess, you know. Uh, he holds he holds the title in the hair. Then Darby music hits. He comes from behind and hits him with a skateboard. And that was basically it, you know. Um... Anyway, this was a good story being told in the match. It was one of the better matches Warlow has had. It was definitely one of the more compelling. I think this most uh, compelling uh, was that MJF feud because of the big payoff squash match. But this was a pretty solid 
Um, you know, I know Joe can't go like he used to, but I think at this stage of his career, he's found a perfect way to look credible and, ha- and have the matches he has, basically. And, you know, and another layer, especially with the character work there, it feels like the title feels hot off the presses, and you made this feud more interesting, but I don't know if Darby is going to be shoehorning this, or I'll come back in a second, even though there's like five more minutes left in this fucking thing, hold on. Anyways, uh, it was, uh, uh yeah, so, um... I'll, I'll read it again. It's a good story being told in the match. It was one of the better matches Warlord has had. Definitely one of the most compelling. I think it's most compelling since the MGF feud because the big payoff squash. But this was a but this one was really solid. I know Joe can you know, uh you know be like he used to be at this stage of his career. But he's found a perfect way to look credible and have a match and have another and ha- have his match have other layers in it, especially with his newfound character work that he's doing. It feels like uh, the title's hot off the fucking presses, and you made this feud more interesting. I don't know if Darby is going to be shoehorning this, or will it be a televised feud before Wardlow comes back for the title or some shit. I'm sure Joe versus Darby will be amazing, but uh, it goes to my point that Darby's feuds are all scattered. But let's see how they handle it. But it feels like the TNT title has two blood feuds going for it now, which I can appreciate. I know it's hard to keep titles valuable in an inflated era, but I think, you know, AEW has still kept the titles as strong as you can in this area with all the tropes that you've seen in professional wrestling over the course of the last 20-plus years. You know what I mean? Anyway, someone needs to bring up how the symphony is going to be Wardlow's demise because it's cost him two matches now. And the thing is, I know Spears tried to stop it because he didn't want to get him to get popular. But on some level, Spears was kind of right because it was done purely for the fans. And now, Warlow's kind of lost sight in that. Trying to keep he keeps relying against he keeps relying on it, you know, against people who are not on. Uh, like he kept relying on it against people who are not on his level. But the second, but but the but the but the second time that he did the symphony, it's been responsible for why he had to lose. But this was a you know a good match regardless. I I I know because of me saying it, the inst- the in- the insistence of the symphony will not be anything to discuss. But I think it's a valid argument to bring up. Again, Joe's character has been dope. He gave a good reason why him and Warlow teamed. Even if you had a lot, even if you have not enjoyed every part of that journey, at least you have a plausible reason for why it happened. Like I wish they could tell us why Red Velvet joined Jay when they were initially feuding, and now they're teasing tension. But it was like. Why didn't they ask Red Velvet, uh, like, why not ask her why she joined randomly to begin with? Like, that, that always bothered me, you know what I mean? Give, give me some explanation for it. Even if it's a convoluted or something. Warlow doing the senton and the whisper in the wind was really solid, you know what I mean? He did those out of desperation, he still sold the knee. At times it was not, it was not, it was not, at times it was not on the same knee initially that, that was injured, but, you know, it's whatever. The crowd was still into it regardless. The title feels a little bit more important now. I'm curious of how they'll handle Joe versus Darby. I can't wait for the rematch of that, but I think Warlow should be out for a bit before coming back. We'll see what happens, but this match made the TND title now have more equity, at least. Maybe Darby versus Joe is going to be the battle of the belts or some shit, maybe. I know I, I know they won't take my idea of the one title match to build around, but we'll see what happens with it. But overall, it's a good show. It's not the best show. But there's some solid matches with minimal promos. But there was a good character work done and good psychology to some of the stuff. Like the simple shit like Stokely being uh, offended by Brian's comment that he decided to wear a, to wear a ha- to wear a hat. Or as I put here, wearing a hate. Uh, Darius being knocked out and fucking up Claudio's mind state by kicking out. That The, the finish of the trios match was solid. Uh, when, when when Matt tapped out, Warlow, you know, um, uh, Warlow was knocked out, but he never fucking tapped. You know what I mean? It was kind of, there's some of the same story kind of going on there a little bit. 
No, at least with, with, with the Dari- with Darius and Warlow is the same kind of thing. But like you know, I, I try to compare them to Matt's situation. I think I accidentally fucked up that up. Who cares? No one's listening to this fucking podcast. Uh, I I actually hope two thousand twenty three does better for the discourse. But who fucking knows anymore? But the Andy angle with the hair being cut off was really solid. It'll now force Warlow to change his look or something. I like that. Uh, I like that hook. Uh, the hook angle. I put hook angel. The hook angle with uh, Morrissey, um, you know, Big Bill. That was really solid. People went nuts for when you know Hook deadlifted him with the Northern Lights for for a second. I'll say the BCC and Top Flight and Joe versus Wardlow were my favorite matches for the storyline aspect for for it. You know what I mean? And then there was some still some pretty impressive matches still. You know what I mean? There's still some still some solid angles and all that kind of shit. Oh, and before I go, let me um. Catch you up with like the, like the, 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 the last week's music that I fucking listened to this week. Let me see. Um, let me see. So, um, and I thought a little Dirk. He had a pretty decent album. Bun B and Stat- Static Selector had a pretty fucking decent album. I like a lot of the songs on there. Rufus Sims' album was pretty fucking good. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, that was good. Bishop Naru wins and losses. Abby the No, uh, Abby the Nomad, Cobain. Let me see the other fucking one that I have fucking saved in here. Hold on. Um, Homeboy Sandman has been doing, like, like, the first day of Christmas, second day. So far, I've only liked the first day and the fourth day. I haven't heard the fifth one yet, just yet. But, uh, Mama Sita, by, uh, Sm- Smokey Mar- Margela and ASAP Rocky Mama Sita. Uh, Rufus Sims has two singles, even though he had an album coming out. I thought they were on an album, but they're not. It's Blas- Blasphemy and Dimebags. Uh, that out the the guy Mike the the guy, capital M I K E, uh, he had one song called "Stop Worry" that I liked on an album. I, I liked uh, Sauce Walker's album. I like I like that. Uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Like there's like twenty tracks on this. I like like nine tracks or so. I guess. Yeah, it's pretty fucking you know pretty fucking good. Um, yeah, just wanted to actually just you know, end on that note. Anyways, um, I'm gonna. Fu- I'm actually done before fucking SmackDown's airing, which I'm surprised at. Normally on Friday, I normally the last minute fucking thing. I procrastinate for so fucking long, but I'm actually glad I got it fucking done. Peace out.